0: Hey guys welcome into cancel this cancel the i'm vic faust with lizzie sparks ProJo in the house as well yes nancy it is friday eve we appreciate you jumping in for cancel the show.com the october 26th live cast we are here now for you 8 to 10 a.m central monday through friday all the time on our website cancel the news news headlines we've got politics we've got interviews from all across the country we have cancel culture education friday's a little free for all paranormal we do that as well um, and of course we're coming to you on many platforms you can check out all the platforms on cancel the show.com please like subscribe share the show you can watch on youtube you can watch on rumble you can watch on facebook um, you can watch on x you can watch on cloud hub and then of course you can listen at all the normal sites as well spotify google iheart we're there as well based out of the st louis missouri area we do a little bit of local, but we do mostly national. And of course, you guys jump in, let us know what you feel, what you think. You guys give us the story ideas as well. And we invite you in to be a part of the podcast as well. You can not only write in, but if you want to be a part of the show, email me, Vic at canceltheshow.com, Lizzie at canceltheshow.com. We'll send you the link. You can jump in with us as well. That'll work out. All right, coming up today, nine o'clock hour, a doctor and pastor from the St. Louis area will be in studio talking about these times. Many consider end times. Um, why there's such a battle for your soul that is going on right now. Uh, Lizzie's pastor is coming in to do that. You speak very highly of this guy, so we'll, uh, we'll see what that is today at 9 o'clock. Yes,
1: it'll be great. It'll um, be great.
0: Also, we've got situation coming up where we've got um, the speaker. It's finally done. Uh, for conservatives, it seems like it's pretty damn well. I could only find one one literally mark on them. It's a bad one, in my humble opinion, but it's one mark. Uh, outside of that uh Oregon moms trying to fight back we're going to tell you about a school district it's actually in Oregon saying that math and reading and um understanding of and comprehension when it comes to reading is not really needed to graduate on a standardized test anymore wow. it's the dumbing down of america and if you don't think it's done on purpose think again there are people at play powers at play that have been trying to ruin this country for several decades. And it's just another example. We'll get into that. Um, the dumbass who pulled the fire alarm, a Democrat dumbass, uh, is <laughs> pleading guilty to a misdemeanor, still trying to say, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Okay, Jamal, um, just a very uneducated guy. You just look at him in a situation and you see ignorance. Get into that situation. Um, we've also, um, what else we had on those? Owen Schroer's in jail now, for InfoWars guy. Uh, there's a little bit more to that story. I mean, he was already under, um, it, he's, he's in, he's going to jail for 60 days for inciting a riot, but he was already, um, on a probation. I didn't know that. I
1: didn't know that either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then he, and he had promised not to incite a crowd or say things. So basically, once again, another example of how January 6th was a big trap for people. If you could not keep yourself away, that's what would happen. So it's a shame. Yeah, Just but, a shame. So we'll break that down. Solitary confinement for him. Went right to it first day. Um, it, there's a bunch of bad going on with that whole situation. And speaking of bad, um, we have to get into it because I'm, I'm sorry. It, I, I don't think it's going to stop. It's a play at trying to take away our Second Amendment rights with weapons and guns. Um, we had a psycho lose his mind and go and shoot up a bowling alley at a restaurant. He's still on the loose. Of course, it's national news. Uh, it has been. Um, this is a live podcast, so by the time you hear it, maybe um, he will have taken his own life. Um, pray to God he didn't take any more. And hopefully police find him or able to take his as well. We'll see where it goes. But at airing of this show, 8 a.m. Central Time, 22 people were for sure dead. as many as 50 to 60 others injured. I'm talking about a, a pro with weapons. He's a pro. He's a gun instructor. Shouldn't have ever been with a gun. Several. He's got a long rap sheet. I don't know how this happened. Um, It it did. Families are there. I said on Monday, we haven't had a shooting in a while. It's going to happen because I do think somehow, some way, these things are encouraged, pushed. Somehow, I can't prove it. I can't. I can't prove it. But when it comes to people being played, when it comes to frequencies, when it comes to drugs, when it comes to mental illness, all of those things being played something somehow some way you knew it was going to happen and of course our attention goes to that and then of course just recently there was a gun law passed in the state of massachusetts more trying to be passed it all just scares the hell out of me lizzie because at the same point in time where the fbi and uh the highest levels of government are telling us you have to be safe. You have to be vigilant. Keep your head on a swivel. There could be attacks from illegals within this country. Literally telling us what they did, they created, telling us you have to be uh, concerned. There could be sympathy attacks from Hamas and Hezbollah members within our own country. And then, oh, yeah, at the same point in time, uh, we're trying to take the guns away as well. Just a week and a half ago, Biden's dumbass was talking about, we don't need guns. We don't need guns. Guns just kill people. You just need one shot. Um, so it, it all doesn't add up once again, as we started this show off with Noah was a conspiracy theorist until it started raining. Uh, I I can't prove any of it. It just, it's sad. It's scary that this guy did what he did and it's still out there. So many lives shattered because of this. So if anything happens with that case, we'll get updated on that as well. Um, it is interesting that these things happen. And Lizzie, you said you have a teacher friend who also, Said that he felt something was going to happen. I mean, I literally talked about it on Monday something's going to happen. You did, and here it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's so it, it's so planned. We know that. I mean, I'm not saying that our government directly killed these people, but they indirectly do, and we could go into that, you know, in great length. But we knew it was going to happen. There was too much stuff going on. There was too many things they had to distract us from, and it was about time for another shooting. And they don't care about lives at all and I had said in the show before the show the same people who were just mum about everyone being massacred in Israel are now going to come out about this is just so terrible this is so awful we got to take their guns away and they don't even already say anything that these people in Maine were already sitting ducks those people didn't have guns they have huge gun control laws in that city and so instead they're going to literally act like oh the gun did it the gun did it
0: yeah, all it takes is one person being armed to take down a guy with a history of mental illness going in and picking off kids as mm-hmm. they're running. I mean, all you can do really is hide, run, and try to fight at some point. You're sitting duck if somebody comes in. Unless you can protect yourself. Somebody aggresses the aggressor. You mm-hmm. shoot the shooter. You fight the fighter. You aggress the aggressor. You take care of business. Correct. I mean- It's simple, but once again, you never see any of these people with mental illness and demonic spirits upon them. Mm -hmm. You never see any of these people with bad intentions going in and trying to shoot police, going to a gun range, going to a gun store, uh, going in states where people are armed and doing this. You only see it when they go after people who don't have weapons near churches, near schools, bowling alleys, in areas and blue states where people don't have guns.
1: Correct, correct. And there might have been- Try
0: that in this small town. Right. See what happens. Mm -hmm. F-A-F-O in a small town. See what happens. It doesn't happen. The whole thing makes me go, okay, I'm always trying to not just take things surface, dive a little deeper. Look at what's happening and where these shootings have occurred
1: that's exactly right that's exactly right and the and the children and and they target children too because they know children don't have guns
0: it's a bigger media story yes it I, is I a bigger just...
1: media story yeah, they they go into schools and they go into you know place where children are bowling and and do all of this and it is a mental health crisis. It, it definitely is, and we have more people that are mentally ill than ever before. They don't have proper mental health, but people are warned constantly about there, there's red flags all the time with these people. But because the laws are written, there isn't anything you can do about it. This this guy was saying that he was hearing voices. He was. He had he was in an area for some mental health and obviously mm. that didn't work. And so the the thing that The media is already doing they're already the mainstream media is already portraying him as a Trump supporter. They're already doing. I didn't even hear that yet. He he had he's fit every box. He's checked every mark. They've said everything about him, that he's big, bad, meanie, and they have to take the guns away. And um, I, I don't know that he's a Trump supporter. I don't know that he's even a conservative. I don't know what he is. I mean, you can assume that when, you know, he was in the military. He was a gun instructor and all of that. The only thing that doesn't fit the narrative with him is some of the things he did in his personal life. There, when When I looked <clears> him <throat> up, if it was the same person, he was for some liberal causes. He liked electric cars. I can't remember what kind of car. I think like a... Either a little sprint car or Subaru or something, and he was four EVs, so that didn't check the box exactly, <laughs> exactly. But they're going to portray him as a Trump supporter, but of course he was a Democrat.
0: Um, the search is still on. I just get more concerned. Number one, these families, these kids. Um, number two, as we've talked about several times, you have to be. Uh, I don't. I, I we got to know, know more about how we got the guns. He was a gun instructor how he was a gun instructor how he was given that right with the history of mental illness it's unfathomable to me it doesn't make any sense whatsoever how that could possibly even happen Mm -hmm. and we got to find out more information when that happens how can that really occur is there a way that you can literally because there's no reason he should have even had a gun in the first place and that's where the system breaks down sometimes, and you're like, wait a second, was it done on purpose?
1: Of course, of course. I really do. I mean, I sound like a huge conspiracy theorist right now, but I do think it was done on purpose. There's there's too many red flags about him. I think I am going to go as far as say, when you go look at all past school shootings and you end up finding how they're connected, like in Broward County, you know that the police chief had just been friends with Hillary and she had been down there to see him. We're going to find out those things too. They push mentally ill people who maybe shouldn't have a gun uh, to do, go do these things. This is not an accident. It's not an accident where it was. And people can say, I have a tin foil hat on, but it is the truth that this will come out. But you will never see it in the mainstream media. They they will not do that. They're already acting like he was some right-wing wackadoodle. And here's the biggest thing, that it reminded me of the shutdown, when you turned on the news, and I turned on different sources, and one of them was ABC, and they and, and the reporter, and forgive me, I can't remember his name, but he was saying things like, "Everybody, stay in your house and lock your doors and don't leave."
0: Well, that's what they were saying for the area. I mean, that's 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 been given by the state.
1: Sure. Well, I, but I get that. But here but because here this
0: was, guy's on the loose, and, and
1: I'm not saying they should do that. Himself. Yeah, I'm not saying they shouldn't do that. If that was my kids, I would tell them to do that exact thing. But here's the difference. I would do it with an ominous tone. These reporters are giddy about that. Let's let's lock people down some more. Let's put them in their house and let's scare the freaking hell out of them. That's what's going on. The bigger picture is they want us scared and afraid all the time. You speak up, they're going to shoot you. If you say anything, they're going to put you in jail. If you say anything else, I'm going to take your job because I'm going to make you put something in the arm. This is not an accident. Well, and what I was talking not.
0: about and what I saw on Monday, Jill says, it's not conspiracy theory, Lizzie. Uh, the docs I sent you were declassified mm-hmm. through FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, in 2018. It confirms that MKUltra was real. Correct. Unabomber, Lee Harvey Oswald, Charles mm-hmm. Manson. And that's how we started the show off. I just feel as if there's a lot more to things that are going on. Also, Megan adds in, Megan Kirk says, he was hearing voices. I've heard this too, that overuse of THC causes psychosis. I bet he was smoking weed. The stuff today is much more powerful and messes with the mind. This is the problem and they are making this legal, that's nuts that's megan's opinion from I'm that sorry, standpoint. I'm sorry i have
2: to disagree with that I, and that's what the show's I about i smoke a ton of weed and i am not suffering from psychosis sorry. well
1: and i think but you're mm. not mentally ill i think and and i'm and you like right you're not mentally it, ill it
0: cure like it helps
2: people with mental illness this is that's that's a that, that's
0: inter- and megan i've heard that, that too i've talked to i know a massive child Psychiatrist, he is considered to be one of the best in the world. He is in the St. Louis area, and he has said he is not against weed for some of these. And keep in mind, he he is out there prescribing medicine for people to take. And he told me he is not against weed in any considering in any form, except if you're not 21. He's like the brain has to fully develop, and from all of his research over 35 years, and he travels the world as a speaker. Mhm. I'm not going to give his name right now. I want to make sure that he's fine saying it publicly first.
1: Correct. And but like-
0: he but he tells families. As long as a person is 21 and the brain is mostly developed, he is all for weed, marijuana in mm-hmm. anxiety and depression in situations like that instead of a pharmaceutical.
1: And I agree with that too. As an <clears> early childhood educator, I agree that up until the age of 25, I'll even go as far as saying 25, children should not have, not only just weed, but they shouldn't of course have alcohol, but they shouldn't have ADHD drugs and all of those things. And people can come at me and yell at me about it. But I was with small children for well over 30 years and the children statistically, and I kept the uh, I kept a log, the children that were, st- 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 whatever, this, the stats on that were that children that had ADHD drugs were more apt to, to need that feeding of the brain that they were more apt to be a drug addict later. Little kids' brains need to be, unless they have some humongous problem, they need to be left alone. And I do think that that's a lot of the problem today. I don't know that it's weed. I, I don't know. Everybody's brain is different. Mm, so,
0: Great point that Mary brings up <clears throat> in drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. I know people that get extremely mean. They are mean drinkers, mean Mm -hmm. drunks. And you guys know what I'm talking about. And now other people who get really happy and joyful and just kind of goofy like I do if I drink alcohol Mm -hmm. and just happier and smile. So different drugs and alcohol is a drug. Weight is a drug if you want to they affect people differently.
1: That, that is absolutely true. Everybody has a different brain makeup. And so that's why you need to leave the kids' brains alone until they're 25 Derek years old. Derek does
0: LSD. He'll be in her studio yeah, later on. Yeah. So, Derek's I mean,
1: coming in and I know what he does all kinds of things. What LSD and I don't know. He does crack cocaine
0: too. Um, Jill, Joe says, I know people who have suffered mental illness from smoking weed, but if you were buying it off the street, who knows what it was laced with? That's the key. This ain't you don't, and here's the thing: unless it's new, Joe, have you do? You, have you gotten your weed off the streets?
2: I, I, I mean that. That's or do you never, go to a but, place and get it? Well, I do. Yeah, crack I, cocaine. I go, I yeah, my crack cocaine. But no, I, I, I go to a dispensary now. However, I, I used to smoke like street weed back in the day, and I don't know. It never gave me psychosis. It never, and and you know, there might be some people that it affects differently. However. Uh, somebody's like, I can't believe they're they're uh, uh, legalizing this stuff. Well, you know, it's not like that for everybody. It helps more people than it hurts.
1: Right. And Jay's saying on here, alcohol is more dangerous than weed. So, I mean, there's probably some... I agree. Yeah, I, I'm sure that there's truth to that. I've never <clears throat> smoked weed, not condemning people that do. I So I can't speak very um, educated on that situation. But I agree with you, Vic. Like, I if I drink alcohol, I, I don't know that I get any meaner i probably just get you know crazier but
0: (laughs) i'm sorry this we got some serious topics but that was funny (laughs) i'm sorry i don't
1: know
0: oh my god you're not a mean person what do you mean any meaner
1: well, you were just saying that some people, when they are, well, somebody on the chat might be
0: predisposed it, to it. Just they're rare. Yeah.
1: Some people get mean on alcohol. They Derek, really, That's they a really Derek do. thing again. Yeah. De- see, Derek does too. You remember the other day when he was drinking? You drink nasty beer. beer you get so a nasty attitude. He got so mean out there. Oh gosh, it was terrible.
0: And the nasty beer is bush light.
1: Yeah. Well, anybody. I still can't believe
0: how popular it. that is. It is so damn popular. It really I mean, is. it is massively popular.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so popular. That's
0: also the dumbing down of America with our beer. It's a yes. dumb beer. A dumb beer. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I
1: mean, it is, but uh, <laughs> it's about how we're talking about this, Vic. It's like <clears throat> there was children, again, massacred by some crazy-ass uh, person. Even. I mean, it's- no, it, it takes
0: it's, me back to Sandy Hook.
1: It does. And all of this is tragic. It's all really sad. You know, somebody said to me, I don't even, yesterday texted me and said, I don't even think these people are dead. I said, Yes, they are. The, the problem is, don't even start I, I said, The people are dead. There are really, you know, people really in Israel are dead. Now, is there a lot of theater? So not everything Absolutely. that we see is true? Of course. But of course, these people are dead. The problem isn't <clears> that they're dead. It's that this was purposely done. I mean, nobody can convince me that these things aren't done. Like Jill had said on the chat line, she had sent me those things some of that i had already knew and it's absolutely true what our government is trying to do to us i mean it's so to me it's obvious but to the average american it isn't that will not be talked about on mainstream media it will be talked about over and over and over that some mean trump supporter is awful and we needed to take his guns well
0: we'll see i I still want to see this trump deal i don't think they're going to be able to push that narrative although they will there are times they will they will media will the little that i know about them that's where we are but now we have these families i i'm concerned about the families and i said i'm concerned what comes out of it because then you see uh it 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 also happens and then it gives democrats a talking point to take your guns away and once again the people who are committing the crimes are the ones with records criminal records like this jackass Mm -hmm. criminal records The overwhelming majority of people in America are not committing crimes that are gun owners. That's just it. They want to focus on the few that somehow got their hands on it and try to ruin it for everybody at the same point in time that we're being told, look out. There could be terror attacks. There could be terror cells within the United States. Oh, yeah, that's right. Middle Easterners are coming through the border. Oh, yeah, we're sorry about that. Yeah, it kind of happened. Uh, Yeah, that wall that we could have had up with Trump wasn't there. It could have protected us. Now you have to protect yourself. Uh, okay, how are we going to do that? Oh, yeah, we're going to try to take the guns away now. And as Biden wants, if Biden wants to give you a gun that shoots one bullet... Um,
1: how asinine. Uh,
2: I think it, it, people need to realize that no matter what, people are going to obtain guns illegally, No matter uh-huh. no matter whether they're legal or not legal. And if they take guns away, it's going to create way more of a problem than
0: just letting everybody have their guns and here's the other thing that you have to remember this country good or bad is absolutely stocked with weapons there are millions of guns here yeah they're They're not going anywhere and i can promise you this the bad guys they're not going to be giving their guns up no they're not all right and our own government is responsible for this and there are a lot of other deeper conversations regarding Our governmental agencies, the three letter agencies that are a part of this as well, they're not going anywhere. So I don't even want to hear this. We're trying to be proactive before the Democrats get their talking points to try to get votes, Mm -hmm. to try to raise money for elections. Leave them alone. This is a tragedy. This guy did what he did. I don't know how he was able to be around guns with that record, but I promise you, in most of the cases, they are not allowed. And once again, at the end of the day, the people that he was shooting were people who were unarmed, unable to protect, unable to stop the threat, unable to stop this lunatic because of the laws that the state had there. Just remember that. Greg says the existing laws are not enforced. That's the problem. There's over 40,000 gun laws. Mm -hmm. So removing the rights of the vast law-abiding citizens must be the solution, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Be careful about this before it happens. That's what we try to get out ahead of things before we start to see it. And it's interesting, just the whole timing of it. All of our attention shifted away from Biden and his son Hunter. Just as we started to see the $200,000 checks being written from his brother to him, right after a deal was getting done with Hunter and the Chinese, right after his brother received $600,000 from across seas the israeli invasion happened now we have a gun shooting hell that's all even it's over it's overlapping the trump trial as well trump was in court yesterday. he didn't hear much about even the liberal media Mm -hmm. and then in the midst of all of that on what appears to be in a massively incredible popular day for republicans in dc you don't hear much talk about it what happens you have a guy mike johnson um, and we'll break him down now from a, from a Republican standpoint, who appears to be a godsend. I mean, on the surface, he appears to be a godsend, a speaker. <laughs> and you have a shooting that everybody's talking mm-hmm. about.
1: They don't want to talk about it. You're not how talking about
0: up. this man, Mike Johnson, who rose from nothing there out of Louisiana, um, first person in his family to go and graduate from college. Uh, Takeover speaker of the house number three in line for the country, and is a Christian conservative who brought a Bible up with him. And the first act was praying.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: with with the House of Representatives, and then all of a sudden, a shooting happens. Hmm. It just and that steals all the headlines away. Correct from I have Mike a story Johnson about
1: Nancy. Correct. Well, and Joe, I sent you the picture. I think of of them praying there, and that's getting little coverage. And because it is exactly what the quote good conservatives would like about that's our what the government, country needs more of. That that was profound. It made me feel really great. It solidifies what I said about Matt Gates. Whether you like him or not, I thought that that was the right thing. I know that he didn't. Matt Gates had nothing
0: to do with this, Lizzie. Well, who did? This was. Vote after vote after vote. I, I
1: get that. But if he would not have oh, don't, that, pushed back. Okay. Very the, the, loosely. Well, that could be.
0: If this was his guy, then he would have brought... Matt Gates. got lucky. And I'm I grateful. Agree. Yes. I agree. This was a godsend. This had nothing to do with Matt Gates. It had to do with Matt. Matt Gates didn't even have a plan. But, I, did not I, have but a plan. I agree with you. Would I rather have this guy than...
1: Than McCarthy? Hell yes. A hundred percent.
0: Hell yes. A hundred
1: percent. Hell I, yes. And I agree. You said this to me yesterday. Honestly. But
0: we got, we got fortunate.
1: We did get fortunate that it was a God thing. It wasn't a Gates thing. It was a God thing. Yep, I agree. I, like I agree.
0: The other thing about Johnson coming through in the midst, and, and just the final, we'll, we'll continue to follow. If something happens with the gun situation, if something happens with this evil man, if they find him dead, um, which wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, whatever the case, usually these older men like this who are out shooting, they are dead. They'll kill themselves. They Correct. don't stick, they don't stick around. Yeah. They, they don't stick around to explain why they just don't. But as soon as we find that, cause this is a live podcast, we will certainly um, bring that through. Um, but in the midst of the, the big news of the day yesterday was the fact, the Republicans got their act together. They got it together. And, johnson thank god wasn't even on a radar screen anywhere no and the reason that democrat democrats like him
1: that's kind of, that's a little scary
0: democrats like him mm-hmm. now not all of them right um cory bush ripped him of course
1: of course the squad
0: ripped him. called him anti-lgbtqia yes zbt yes. whatever you want to add into the mix um said he was all about israel Um, Of course, she ripped him. But there are members of the Democratic Party like him. And the reason that he was able to rise out of this situation, they said that not only was he intelligent, he was kind. Mm -hmm. He had an easy temperament. And he was able to get along with both sides. And one of the first things that he said, and we'll show it to you, was the fact that he immediately, and and we'll play it, he was trying to reach across the aisle to Hakeem Jeffries. He's like, we disagree, but man... I want to try to find common ground. Mm -hmm. And I know Republicans don't want to hear this because you feel like you get screwed when you try to find common ground with Democrats. But in politics, you have to find common ground. You have to.
1: And you have to be able to to get along and broker deals. And I know that as a conservative as a patriot I don't like that I don't I want everything to go the way of the Constitution and and God and America first but in reality you have to be able to get along with people you have to be able to cross the aisle you have to be affable if you appear like a jerk mm-hmm. no matter how great your policies are it, it's it literally here in Missouri and Jefferson City you know in DC wherever it is, it's a, like a bunch of a, a frat people or sorority people and what I mean by that is they want to feel along they want to get connected they want they want to go have a beer with the person and I know that sounds insane because it is insane so if they're not friendly to each other so that's where I'm hoping that the new speaker has been friendly has crossed the aisle has been nice and he can get things done so that the Democrats that aren't deranged if there is any but we know like the deranged squad they're not going to like him. but if the rest of them do they're going to get some things done yeah
0: they should be here is the issue too. just take it backtracking just a little bit here because it was a question that we got we are live uh, podcast live cast we do take live questions uh it helps make the show a little bit better we love your involvement with everything as well a a question that we had here was oh where did it go here i was just being asked okay you have media reports that first of all the number of dead in this horrible shooting in Maine keeps changing guys Mm -hmm. at least 22 then it was at least 20 now Mm -hmm. now it's at least 16 yeah i'm glad it's less but how does that happen here's how it happens the race to be first instead of the Mm -hmm. race to be right yeah we were first so we can show our promos we were first this we were first that join us here it's because nobody watches local news anymore and everybody's scared in local news oh man we gotta and then there's a promo team we gotta we gotta justify our jobs we got to justify our jobs. We're first, 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 first.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Instead of hearing, we're the most accurate. We're the most accurate. We have the true facts. That's how these things happen. Everybody's trying to be first, trying to be first. We got the information. First, 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 first. That's the problem. Um, Tara says, mainstream media, public enemy, number one. Ginny said last night they said 25 so that's where that situation happened. Yeah. Derek says, where's David Hogg? Uh, I think uh-huh. he's been outed. I don't think you're going to see him around anymore. We'll see. Anyway. Um, so back to um, Johnson, Speaker Johnson. Um, who is he? Well, he tried to have the 2020 election overturned. He was backing Trump. He is a Trumper. Trump likes him, thinks he's going to be great for the job. He has fought hard against gay marriage. Um, he is 100% pro-Israel. Um, he is uh, a guy who is loved by the Freedom Caucus. Um, he has liberal friends. <laughs> I mean, so these are all very good qualities if you're a conservative. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Yeah. He is a hard stance guy that talks very quietly. Correct. And he's different than Jim Jordan. Um, I, I like this guy. I still would have rather had Jim Jordan. I think Jim Jordan is more of a time for, the, for 2023. But hey, maybe you know what? I'm all about it. My only issue with Speaker Johnson is this. He's also a hardcore supporter of money to Ukraine.
1: Yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, that is one strike against him. But almost all of them are. I I do like that he's, the only thing that may be good is he strikes me as a one issue person so that he may not take Ukraine and wrap it all in money for Israel or the border. But you're right. He's, but is there anyone up there other than the Freedom Caucus that isn't for sending money to Ukraine? I mean, I don't get it. (sighs) I don't get it. But somebody up there gets it and so i'm just hoping since he seems to be not a package deal guy maybe they won't get as much
0: chris says you can find common ground unless you're a democrat that can just steamroll over the opposition Mm -hmm. it is the real problem that republicans aren't willing to do the same to prove a point when they have the power They said, case in point, Trump's first two years in office. Yeah, that was a good point. It did happen. Most of everything that's happened since Mm -hmm. 2020. And the election never would have happened if the GOP would have gotten off their ass, put safeguards in place, and stopped the liberals from attacking. Um, Derek says money laundering scheme at its best. Derek will be in 9 o'clock hour as well. Um, But Johnson's taken over, and it's going to be interesting. Now, keep in mind, deep breath just keep Republicans don't have the Senate. They don't have the white house. So it's not like speaker Johnson's going to come in here and save the day Mm -hmm. on everything. Um, he can try to work within the parameters that he has and then we'll see what happens. And, you know, at least the Republicans were united. Finally, all the bickering, all the stuff. Now, hopefully they didn't ruin themselves or damage themselves because we don't need the Republicans losing seats in the house next year, because it was a slim majority as it was. You have to somehow find a way to make it work. So you get that in place and then that's all taken charge. Uh, so at the end of the day, um, I like it. I I, mm-hmm. I give it I like a it. I give it a seven out of ten, except for the freaking Ukraine stuff.
1: Well, and and he did, and Terry was saying something on the chat line that he says that he's not going to give any more unless it can be accounted for. So that's at least. But
0: that's but yeah, but that's the problem. It's uh, we continue problem. to send money, and it's and wh- where is it earmarked for?
1: Yeah, it's it's never well they earmark. They can't it. find it. Correct, because they bundle it in the, other things.
0: Uh, we're talking about two hundred twenty-four. Million dollars of just taxpayer money, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: taxpayer money going to Ukraine. Yeah, ask the taxpayers how they feel about it.
1: I don't know any. I don't know anyone personally that likes their money that they get up every day and has at least a third of their money going to the government, and then to find out it's not even going to fix the potholes in your area, it's not even going to our homeless veterans, it's not going to our homeless children here, it's going to freaking Ukraine, so Zelensky can dance in his high heels and and then funnel it back. Um, back to biden
0: another issue that's strong for speaker johnson is um he said quote we have a catastrophe at our border at our southern border mm-hmm. thank god uh it's my biggest issue with this country um i want to play a little bit so you can hear if you haven't heard um speaker johnson talk he had this uh this he had a 10 minute um talk yesterday he he was he was outstanding terrific speaker strong man Um, and we'll just play a little bit of this for you so you can see who Mike Johnson is from Louisiana.
2: It is now now my solemn honor and responsibility to hand over the people's gavel here in the United States House of Representatives to a family man, a hardworking man, a Baptist man, a Southern man, a son of a firefighter's household, the gentleman from the great state of Louisiana, and the 56th speaker of the United States House of Representatives, the Honorable Mike Johnson. Both sides are standing.
1: There's Big Mike, Big Mike Johnson.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Uh, first. Uh, A few words of gratitude. I want to thank uh, Leader Jeffries. Uh, I do look forward to working with you on behalf of the American people. I know we see things from very different points of view, but I know that in your heart, you love and care about this country and you want to do what's right. And so we're going to find common ground there, all right? I want to to, uh, express my great thanks for our Speaker Emeritus, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin has dedicated over two decades of his life to selfless public service, 16 of those years in this house. And you would be hard pressed to find anybody who loves this institution more or has contributed more to it. He is the reason we're in this majority today. His impact can never be overstated. And I, I want to thank him for his leadership, his friendship and the, the selfless sacrifice that you and Judy have made for so many years. You you helped build it, Kevin, and we owe you a great debt of gratitude. I want to thank the dedicated and overworked staff of this beleaguered house. They accept praise so stoically. But- but Ms. Miss, Miss Susan Cole, our house reading clerk, and yes, yes. <laughs> Listen, all the clerks and all the staff, you know, they're terribly overworked. This has been a grueling process, but they have served an integral role in keeping our republic, and we thank them for that service. I know we all do. I want to thank my dedicated wife of almost 25 years, Kelly. She's not here. We couldn't get a flight in time.
0: I wanted to get a little bit of his personality, Mike. I'm going to fast forward here, and I want you to hear him talking a little policy issue. By the way, he's also a strong advocate. uh, for. He's a pro-life advocate. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is everything to the T. The left would call him a hardcore right Speaker, um, they have already begun attack ads,
1: yes, lots of attack ads,
0: so that should make you feel good if you're a conservative. But within the House, he seems to be respected by Democrats. And for those of you who don't want it, Kevin McCarthy wanted him as well. He and Kevin McCarthy are good friends. So maybe that's the type of guy that can be friends with both a Matt Gates and be friends with a Kevin McCarthy and, have the support of Donald Trump. Here's a little bit more. We won't stand it for a long time, but I wanted to hear you talk, hear him talk a little more policy.
4: And so they've been lifting us up. Uh, I, I thank the, the people of Louisiana for the opportunity to serve you in Congress, and I'm humbled by your continuous support. We will make you proud. To my colleagues, I, w- I want to thank you all for the trust that you have instilled in me to lead us in this historic and unprecedented moment that we're in. The challenge before us is great, but the time for action is now, and I will not let you down. I want to say to the American people, on behalf of all of us here, we hear you. We know the challenges you're facing. We, we know that, uh, that there's a lot going on in our country domestically and abroad, and we are ready to get to work again to solve those problems, and we will. Our mission here is to serve you well, to restore the people's faith in this house, in this great and essential institution. My my dad, it was mentioned my dad was a firefighter. He was an assistant chief in the fire department in my hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana, a little town in northwest Louisiana. On September 17, 1984, when I was 12 years old, he was critically... Uh, Burned and permanently disabled in the line of duty all I ever wanted to be when I grew up was the chief of the fire department in Shreveport Um, But after the explosion on that fateful day He nearly died and it was a long road back and it changed all of our life trajectories. I'm the oldest of four kids And and my dad um, he lived with pain all the rest of his life for decades more and I lost my dad to cancer three days before I got elected to Congress three days and he wanted to be there um, at my election night so badly. Um, I'm the first college graduate in my family. This was a big deal to him. And um, so several weeks after that, it was early 2017, 2017. Uh, it was my freshman term and, and um, it, it fell to me to be in the rostrum one night to serve here as Speaker Pro Tem. I thought that was a big deal until I figured out that's what you do for freshmen late at night. <laughs> And I, I want to, I think if my memory serves, Miss Jackson Lee was, um, was winding down one of her long, eloquent speeches. <laughs> and not, not that I was not in, enraptured by her speech, but I, I looked, up, looked up at the top of in, in the chamber there and I saw the face of Moses staring down. And um, I just felt in that moment the weight of this place, right, the, the history that is revered here and the future that we are called to forge. And I really was just kind of almost overwhelmed with emotion. It occurred to me in that moment, it had been several weeks, and I had not had an opportunity yet to grieve my dad's passing, and and, um, I just had this sense that that somehow he knew. And and I had tears come to my eyes, and I was standing here, and I'm wiping them away, and then it suddenly occurs to me, the late-night C-SPAN viewers are going to think something's very wrong with the new young congressman from Louisiana. It it wasn't Sheila's speech. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I I just knew in that moment that my, my, my dad, my father, would be, would be proud of me, and I felt that he was. And, and that I, and is Mike
0: Johnson. You get an idea. I mean, he really is a good speaker.
1: Yeah, he is. You know what? His new name in my book is The Big johnson the big mike Johnson. <laughs>
0: here we go here we go well
1: i'm just I'm hit just the saying, button
0: joe i'm just mm, saying hit the button balls okay there we go well
1: he he has balls in an elegant manner i really like i'm glad how you said he didn't speaking. have
0: elegant balls
1: yeah i didn't say he had elegant balls i've never seen that would have come out balls. the wrong
0: way yeah <clears throat>
1: yes he has he seems like he has big cojones but he is in an elegant way and a great speaker he almost kind of reminds me of a reagan
0: you know what yeah i, I could see that yeah. it's um also uh, missouri's Corey bush leave it to her to screw things up oh dear god calling him dangerous uh-huh. that man's dangerous <laughs> uh-huh. yeah okay yeah real dangerous um thanks but anyway i, I do i i do like them we'll see where it goes um maybe that's what we need it's it's difficult to find a calming influence in the midst of a lot of turmoil but maybe that's what he could be in the midst of all the turmoil that we have seen in the house and trying to find some sort of common ground the problem with all the stuff is the lobbyist as we already know it's the money if you got money makes the world go around and if you're taking money from people to get elected, you have to represent certain interests or you are no longer there. And that's mm-hmm. how it works. So somehow, some way, we hope that it can work out. Uh, Donna agrees with you. Lizzie, being a communicator can really help. And he certainly has that aura about him mm-hmm. uh this is cancel this cancel the show.com i'm vic faust with lizzie sparks pro Joe in the house as well uh, we thank complete auto body care complete auto body repair for being one of our show sponsors seven locations throughout the st louis area for anything car related they're also looking for jobs are looking to place people in their jobs over 60 jobs available complete let them know you heard about them on cancel the show.com experience Realty partners kathy Big strick steve strick Um, They are still in Kansas City covering uh, what is the most uh, important trial regarding real estate, arguably in the history of real estate right now. So we're going to get more updates. That trial continues to go on. They're going to let us know about that next week as well. So we're grateful for that. Route 66 uh, had a lot of comments off air yesterday. Um, Mm -hmm. If you didn't have a chance to see it, check out our October 25th podcast from 930 to 10, the last uh, 30 minutes of the show. Uh, Hamid Hamra. Um, Ham He owns Route 66 Cannabis. He spoke uh, about business and entrepreneurship. And I had a couple of people, wow. I mean, you talk about a guy who came here from Iran, didn't Uh even know English, built himself up, has all of these incredible examples and experiences as a businessman. And um, failed at, what, 25 businesses?
1: Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> but quite a had few. a
0: couple that have hit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, and you need some wins there from that standpoint. Uh, also, uh, check out our website, canceltheshow.com. We have our merchandise page up. We sell hats. We sell cups. We sell T-shirts. And we've got our Cancel This Coffee as well, American Legacy Coffee, different brands there. It's organic coffee. The people who have tried it here absolutely love it. Um, full disclosure, I have not tried it yet because... I don't have a coffee maker and I don't spend time. I use the cups.
1: You can <laughs> still Sorry. have it ground and put it in. A yes, little cup. you can. You can.
0: <laughs> so we do that as well. Um, coming up uh, a little bit later, you went to uh, in our nine o'clock hour. You got a guest coming up uh, in about four, what, 15 minutes?
1: Yes, we do. And and I really love it. He's the pastor at my church. I go to Zion Lutheran Church in, in the Harvester area of St. Charles County, which is right in the middle of the United States. And we have two really great pastors, and in the midst of the world being so crazy. We were just talking about Big Mike Johnson and how he has a calming voice. Both of our pastors are very strong men. I can't say that they have big cojones because they're my pastors, but they do. They're they're Strong in the Mist of Adversity. You go to church, you feel better when you leave. They don't always tell you what you want to hear. I mean, they tell you the truth. They tell you that there's a hell. They tell you that things might not be better here on earth. That the best is yet to come up in heaven. But they also do talk about how, especially the pastor that is coming in. I'm very fond of him. My husband's very fond of him. He's 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 a real human. He's competitive. He's funny. Yeah. Like- he's 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 just a regular human. But he's a very smart human. And when he comes in. He can tell you all of the accomplishments that he has. But one of the neatest ones is I am a big person that really feel that there's a battle for our soul. And he wrote a book that's coming out November the 1st that I wanted everybody to hear about it because if they were interested in buying it, we need to hear this. And he says it from a perspective that's different than other people's perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not going to ruin it. I'm going to have him, him say what the perspective is. Well, then
0: let's get into this before you get to that real quick too. Owen Schroyer. Uh, from InfoWars with Alex Jones, uh, he is now in prison or jail. Yeah. So he went to jail. Um, his prison sentence um, has begun. Um, it was unfortunate because here's the thing. On January 6th, he did not go into the Capitol, but um, he has heard on camera shouting, 717 or 1776 and don't let them run over you, things like that. So he was charged and convicted of amping up the mob with the chance that furthered the riot at a sensitive moment. That's what he was charged with. We all know it's a bunch of crap, but that's what happens when you get into these traps or you get close to the traps. Um, It's unfortunate because what happened is he reported and they sent him right to... um, confinement solitary confinement mm,
1: that is that is i mean horrible. literally
0: for saying that um I, it frustrates the hell out of me that this stuff can happen so mm-hmm. we faced misdemeanor charges related to the riot and then he pleaded guilty to breaching restricted grounds however he announced his plans to appeal but then um it was announced on october 25th mm-hmm. yesterday it was his account on twitter x that he had been placed in solitary confinement at the federal correctional institution Oakdale in Louisiana. And this is what was interesting to me, per ongoing COVID-19 safety protocols. So I was like, what? And then the tweet came out yesterday, breaking information. We have confirmed that through a source with FCI Oakdale prison that Owen is doing well and remains in good spirits. With that said, unfortunately, he is being held in solitary confinement until october 30th per the facility's absurd pathetic quote COVID intake protocol meaning they need to make sure that he passes all the tests Mm -hmm. it's a bunch of crap they're trying to make an example out of him they're trying to hurt him while he is there yeah because he has been an outspoken critic of this administration critic of um mail-in balloting critical of the 2020 election as many people are um So unfortunately, he also um, had to go because he had agreed in 2019. Now, prosecutors were arguing that while Schroer didn't enter the Capitol, here's why they said that he got what he got. Because many of the people at the Capitol were listening to him. They also pointed to an agreement that Schroer signed back in 2019. Schroer signed this because he interrupted a congressional hearing. So since he interrupted a congressional hearing... He agreed not to use loud, threatening, or abusive language or to engage, and here it comes, any disorderly or disruptive conduct at any place upon the United States Capitol grounds. So he violated that by going to the Capitol. So that's why he got a 60-day sentence.
1: That's a shame it really is a shame and here's and and we go about the the two tier justice all the time we know all of people that more on the left side could do the same thing and not only would they not be in jail they certainly wouldn't be in solitary confinement
0: so that's why prosecutors use that to put him in there correct and correct. then they and then he got sent to a place where they have those protocols in place so he gets put in solitary confinement on top of it that's sad and as that? they say it's because well he vi- basically violated his probation mm mm-hmm. mhm By going there and doing that. Um, I I wish that he wouldn't have gone to January 6th. I wish that they could not use him. Mm
1: -hmm. I agree.
0: As a poster boy for January 6th, that this is not what you want to do. But conservatives can say, you know, we'll take him as a poster boy because this is incredibly horrible that you would do this. Put him in jail for 60 days. Mm
1: -hmm. That's all. Because
0: he was talking about 1776 and then they called it inciting the crowd. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah there was a lot more people that incited the Yeah, crowd as donna says
0: but thugs are set free correct including the individual that took mm-hmm. janae's legs yeah. downtown who should have been in prison correct. and then the, all the other ones who actually killed people on top of it uh what about the antifa that were there that day they go from city to city what has yeah. the government done with them unfortunately this is what happens when you have a department of justice who is led by one party and when that party doesn't like what's happening, they will come down upon you. This is what happens when the upper echelons of the FBI are doing what they're doing. These are massive problems. This is what you have to deal with. And um, uh, hopefully, Owen becomes even more popular. And he's massively popular as it is now, but more popular when he gets out after having to go through the hell that he's going through now.
1: He absolutely will. We all be more know popular. he didn't do.
0: We all know he didn't do anything wrong. Right. I mean, he signed that paper. That's that's what frustrates me, mm-hmm. because I mean, if you go in and you interrupt a congressional hearing, that's a problem. Okay, I'm just. Right. If you do it, then part of getting out of that problem is agreeing not to step foot in the Capitol again. And then he went back to the Capitol, so they got him on that. They got him.
1: They've just been looking for getting people like Owen and all of that. And you and I've talked about this before. We knew it was a setup ahead of time. I didn't until literally the day before. I had my tickets bought and I was going to be out there hoping it was going to be just as fun as the inauguration. But then I get a phone call from insiders in there and they were like, "Uh, Lizzie, you cannot come up here. If you come up here, they will never let you come back home because you will be one of the people that will be put in jail because you're outspoken. And so I didn't go. I mean, and I, and part of me felt bad for not going because I kind of, chickened out but in the same in the same token i have kids to raise and i didn't want to be in the who up yeah, there in dc that's no, fine
0: you didn't need to be that's fine i mean you, you've got reasons there you go uh derek yeah derek's going to be jumping in here in just a second or a couple of minutes um i got some business i gotta go take care of so i won't be here for the nine o'clock hour but owen has joined us on the show before uh he's a st louis kid cbc graduate um you know, loves the Lou. Uh, We had him on the show before. We'll get him back on again. We'll have Alex see if he can set that up again. Alex is friends with him. That's how we were able to get Owen the last time. And we'll get a behind-the-scenes, what-actually-happened-to-him situation. I thought about that, Derek, but thanks again for the reminder uh, to get him on. And as Lizzie says, you can pray for him because he is there. Uh, Greg also reminds us, did you know that the original members of Congress did not get a salary? They only received a stipend for travel, et cetera, and a small bonus for their time working in Congress. How have times changed?
1: Times have changed.
0: Now we see all these, not just liberals, but there are some Republicans, too, making a ton of money. My issue when it comes to making money is these politicians are on committees Mm -hmm. that know where money is going to be put, contracts that are going to be given, who these companies are that are given the contracts. And yes, it is insider information. And then if you follow their sites and where their investments are going, yes, this is Republicans as well. Um, You only have to have half a brain and it's insider trading. You're getting all the information. That's my problem. Mm -hmm. And this is why I love Josh Hawley even more now is the fact that Josh is trying to stop that. Literally, Josh Hawley has put forward legislation trying to stop um, members of Congress from making money, especially when it comes to investing. And he has had a lot of pushback on it. Why? Because people are going into politics to get rich. Not only does it happen nationally, it happens at the state level. There's, there's There's usually a motive. People aren't going to be state reps all the time for $35,000 a year, mm-hmm. unless they they have to have other jobs. There's most of them, I'm not going to say all of them, and you may know more because your nephew is a state rep in, in Missouri, Lizzie, but most of them have dreams uh, and bigger goals. I mean, most have good hearts. They want to do something, but we all know you can't have that schedule and put all that time into politics and make $35,000 No, a year. you
1: do have to have another job. My son-in-law does have another job. And almost all the reps I know, they do it as a side job, so to speak, because they really, most of them go in there thinking they can make a difference, often realizing they can't. But the few that can make a difference, it's worthwhile that they go in there and sacrifice for all the rest of us. Yeah, not
0: to get too off track, but that was one of the comments that we had. It's like, wouldn't it be great? <laughs> Would anybody do the job anymore?
1: Right. I think we have less and less that are willing to do it.
0: Especially because you get so many connections when you're in politics. And anyway, those kinds of things happen. Uh, Hey, by the way, I wanted to uh, give you guys an update. Here's our website. I want you to check out our website at cancel and as we show you the website and we show you the merchandise site uh derek will jump in on the show because i'm going to take off and then you guys can introduce the guest as well i just don't know what your guy's setup is going to be and where are you going to come to my spot lizzie
1: it is doesn't it, matter okay well
0: i'm going to come out of here
1: okay and then, then of course we
0: got our free for all friday show here but i wanted to show everybody the website um and I wanted to show everybody the coffee too, as soon as Joe was able to pull that up. By the way, uh, we got our website. We've got the merchandise site. All of those things you can check out yourself. Uh, this is the merchandise site right here, and you know you can see all the things that you have. And Lizzie can talk you through that as well, including that coffee.
1: Yes, yeah, so you, if you haven't, if you're a coffee drinker and you've never tasted this coffee, it is literally the taste of freedom. Literally, it's organic. It's um, made by Crystal, who is who works in our department that works for sponsorships and sales. And her husband is the brewer of this, and it's it's locally sourced here in St. Louis. So I highly recommend that you you do that and you buy that and and Derek is coming in right now, and he is our merch guy. But he also, if Vic ever has to leave or if I am not here, he subs for us, and he, too, is a true patriot. And he and I are going to be talking, and who's coming up next is Dr. Fevercorn. He's he's a pastor, and he's a doctor, and um, we are going to talk to him about a plethora of things, primarily how we really are in a battle for our soul these days. And we always have been. I mean, it's far back as Scripture. There's always been a battle for our soul. But how it plays out today, and he's going to give you the specifics on how that is, and I'm very fond of him. He's His daughter is friends with my daughter, and they go to school, and my, and my kids have been blessed to go to the same church. And so I highly recommend um, listening to what he has to say. And I think most of you will be lockstep in what he's saying, but he will be on the chat line here in a minute. And we have behind his head, that's the picture of our church. So um, we're going to get ready to come up. Derek, are you all okay over there? Yeah, I'm good to go. You're you're good to go. Okay. So we're 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 good to go. So um Joe, whenever you're ready, you can put Dr. Fieberkorn's picture up there. And he's great. If you ever even want to listen online or go to one of his sermons, I cannot wait when he preaches because he's very intellectual. But when you leave, you feel better than when you left and you want to be a better person. And it's not because we feel anything about it. He he backs it all in scripture. Good morning, Pastor Mike. Good morning, Lizzie. How are you? How are you doing? I'm Do- great. Okay, we have it. Okay, we have his mic on now. Okay, very good. Okay, so we have you in here, and um, when I saw that you were getting ready to write a book, mm-hmm. I was like, people that I know have got to hear what you say, <laughs> regardless of whether they go to church or they don't. Sure. You just get it. So could you, you tell them all the things that you have done in your past, like your military service and all this before you were a pastor, if you can go into that. Sure.
5: Yeah, well, I grew up in a, a small town in southwest Michigan called Sturgis, often confused Used with Sturgis, South Dakota, not the not the motorcycle place, and uh, it's Cornfield, USA, smaller town. I thought it was from the big town because we were bigger than all the small farm towns around us. But um, went from there to the Air Force Academy, uh, fulfilled kind of a childhood dream to go there. Um, played pra- practiced a little football there. I, Playing is a little bit of an overstatement. I got in on some special teams. Played for the great Fisher Barry, And then once you graduate from the academy, it's a five-year commitment to uh, serve your nation in the Air Force. I served for about six years on active duty. Okay, we're getting my voice a little better here. Uh, and... Uh, I'm still in the reserves. I just hit 20 years in the Air Force Reserves, but after six years, I got out. I went to Concordia Seminary here in St. Louis, uh, received a Master of Divinity degree, took a call to be a pastor in Quincy, Illinois, was there for about six and a half years. Uh, During that time, I was pursuing my PhD in doctrinal theology, which I earned in uh, 2021, and I came to Zion in St. Charles in 2019, November 2019, just before those uh, dreaded... uh, pandemic. Yes, uh, you came nation. in at a rough time.
1: <laughs> rough, rough, So rough.
5: Yeah, it's all right. And uh, so I've been here now, I guess, four years, just about exactly. So um, what I did was uh, turned my dissertation for my PhD program into a book that was aimed more at lay people, so the average person in the pew could understand it. It's not in high academic language, but it's it's it's, it's kind of drilled down not that not that people are stupid and couldn't understand the dissertation mm-hmm. but it's just more accessible uh, a little easier for a person to pick up and go okay i get what's going on here i see what's happening they, they
6: call that an easy read yeah
1: an easy, easy read, read. Yes. reader's digest yes. version very very good <laughs> and what made you want to write the book what was your biggest reason i know it was a dissertation but then and you wanted to put it into a book but why did you think people would want to read it well
5: when you're when you're in a graduate school program, you've got this dissertation hanging over your head that you have to write. And so what was going on was uh, I was reading a lot of Martin Luther in the parish. He's a big person in our Lutheran church's heritage, obviously, his theology. And I was also reading a lot about vices and virtues. And I started to realize Luther was saying a lot about that too. So that kind of said, hey, here's a a topic I can write on. Um, But as I researched it, I realized this is changing me probably more than anything I've ever studied in my life. once I got through the the dissertation process, my advisor, who supervised the project, he said to me, he says, if you really want people to access this information and get it, you're going to have to you know, write a book for people. And I contacted our, our local publishing house, Concordia Publishing House, and they were interested in the project, and we pursued it, and here we go. But uh, I think that's the reason I want people to read it, is because of the impact it had on my life, uh, studying these themes. And... Um, most people that encounter it, in classes I've taught, or in conversations, I uh, realize it's studying the vices and the the deep issues of our heart, our flaws, is pretty potent stuff. Mm-hmm. And it can be, it can be difficult to look into your heart and name what's there. But also, uh, once we can give it a name, that's when we can kind of fight against it. We can fight that battle of our soul because. Uh, Evil forces in the world want us to give in to our vice, and uh, that doesn't help our neighbor. It doesn't help us uh, when we can fight against those things. Now we're freed from those entanglements to sin, and and we're free to serve our neighbor in love.
1: So. Yeah, and I think that I think that's actually very profound, especially this day and age, because the the, the actual title of your book just grabbed me because I talked to my kids about the very thing that you're talking about, mm-hmm. that we have to keep ourselves in a good state, because if we don't, then the devil literally swoops in and then makes us do things literally like the devil made me do it sure. sort of a thing. And so and it's playing out today more so than I can ever remember any time in my life that our soul is so under attack, it's social media, it's the TV, it's most schools. Fortunately, not the school that my kids are going to, because it's not happening there. And I brag about it often on this podcast. But if children aren't as fortunate enough to go to the type of school my kids go to, they come out learning things that aren't scriptural. And and whether we like it or not, if it's not scriptural, then it's going to be bad for you. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's going to be hard for you to live your life, and that's sort of a manner
5: yeah well it's funny you mentioned the title because when you're when you're publishing a book you know one of the things is they've got to be able to sell the book Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. uh, you know they've got some money invested in it and so you know you may want such and such a thing but uh, we, we spent about four hours one afternoon believe it or not brainstorming titles and uh took me a little while to warm up to it, but I think that we really hit on something that people can identify with, and it does, uh, like you say, encapsulate the content of the book. You know, you see those cartoons with a, the devil on one shoulder and the angel on another, and uh, it can be a little oversimplified, but that's truly what's going on. I, I tell people when they join a church, when they come to faith, um, look out now, because before Satan didn't have anything to go after. Mm-hmm. Now he, you know, he does. we already mm-hmm. in his kingdom. Now... Now watch out, you're going to have some difficulty, you're going to have some trouble in your life, and Satan's going to try to use that to get in the way of your relationship with God, to foil that. Um, and so you, as an individual, have to recognize there is a battle going on. Mm-hmm. And each day you sort of wake up and you say, okay, what's going to come my way? You're going to have a coworker. you're going to have someone in your life who's going to, uh, anger's a vice we talk about in the book. I mean, how easy is it to get angry? Yeah, very. recognizing that moment and saying, okay, I'm not going to let anger rule me. Because almost every time anger rules us, we hurt our relationships with other people. And so we fight against it. How do we do it? Try to be gentle with other people. Try to be forgiving with them. Uh, Now, you're not going to win that battle every time. But if you can win it more consistently, Mm -hmm. you're going to be a better force for good in your world and the world around you.
1: That is so true. When you get angry and you hear the word kind of like you get red, like seeing this, we've all done it, then you're not seeing clearly. And, and that's such a normal emotion to have. But, but it is definitely a vice. I've never really looked at it until you said that, that it yeah. is a vice that mm-hmm. is not used I mean, you, I mean, God says, you know, that I guess that we can be angry, but it's, we have to almost be angry in love.
5: Yeah, angry is an interesting vice. Uh, you, you've heard of, many people have heard of the seven deadly sins. Uh, another name for those are the, the deadly vices and their habits. They're things we get used to falling into over and over again. Angry has an interesting history because it is not always a sin to be angry. When mm-hmm. we see injustice in our world, the natural response is that we feel anger. But because we're a sinful people, it's very easy for that anger to spill over into something that's going to be destructive in our lives or the lives of other people. Uh, pride is another vice. Uh, envy. We talked about anger. Yes. Sloth. Not not carrying out our duties every day, being lazy, ignoring the things God's calling us to. Uh, greed. Wanting more and more just for the sake of having more. Gluttony. Not controlling the things we consume. And then the final one is lust, which is also kind of run rampant in our society mm-hmm. today. Uh, these things uh, the early Christians saw, like, hey, you can go in a monastery all alone and get far away from everyone as you want, and you're still going to find that these basic impulses rise up inside you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't escape them. Uh, what you got to do is recognize them and fight back against.
6: them. Pastor Mike, I got a question for yes, you. Yes, sir. When you were talking about like your different vices and everything, yeah. and you were saying how as Christians we are now going to, you know, be bombarded even more. Uh, before we were Christians, uh, one of the things, uh, wife and three kids in a home. Sure. It, every morning we try to at least pray over our kids before they go to school. Yeah. Especially those that are going into the public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in the in the district where my children go to, uh, especially in the middle school, they have. Um, a weekly, I believe it's like on Wednesday after school. It's it's uh, uh, kids for Christ, and it, it's actually led by one of the the teachers. And
1: in that's the, in a public school. It's in a public
6: school. Wow. It, it, it's, okay, an, it's an it's an after school activity, mm-hmm. um, which you would have to have a, a a teacher or administer somebody in the school sponsor it. But the fact that you know, I and I'm not in the schools as much. I would like to be, get a little more involved as a, as a parent, PTO, the whole nine yards. But it's refreshing to see that even in a public school that the, the kids are, are starting to cry out for God.
5: Yeah, I think there is a, a spiritual void right now in our, our nation. And uh, how that comes out is people search for more meaning than just the world is, is giving them. Um, The downside of that is there's so many options out there right now. I think, you know, Wicca has been one of the fastest growing religions Mm -hmm. uh, in the past decade. Um, So there's a lot of options, a lot of bad options out there, but there's still a spiritual hunger, and there's opportunity for things like that, after-school programs to come in and and make an impact for good. And even more importantly then is when in the home that's backed up and reinforced. Correct. Um, Like at our church, we have a confirmation program for 6th and 7th graders if what we say one day a week you know for a couple of years is not reinforced at home it's you know it's it's not going to stick with the kids you know we look at ourselves as partners and equippers but there there's no greater influence than a kid's mom and dad kind of kind of coming in and partnering alongside whatever spiritual entity is going on in their child's life
6: one other thing would you agree with me or not um, you know as a pastor you see it from a uh, pulpit standpoint versus yeah. a congregational standpoint. I, I always remember as a kid growing up. Um, you know, we didn't understand what was going on, but we were always in church on yeah. the pew, playing, sleeping, whatever. And I heard a I heard a preacher one time say, "Parents, it doesn't matter if they don't understand. Yeah, you have them there. Mm-hmm. They are there, and you may not understand or know, but." When when they're getting older, they're actually listening. They're picking up certain things here and there. You know, the whole sermon might be just kind of a blur to them. <laughs> yeah. But you know, they might be picking up, oh, Jesus loves me, right? Just like my mom and dad love me. So I I, I put Jesus and mom and dad as right.
3: One well, ha-
5: Habits are formed young and very hard to undo. Uh, bad habits are easy to form. Good habits, virtues are hard to develop and easy to break. So when you set that example from a young age, that just becomes part of who we are and our identity. And it's funny, we'll cling to things we learned in our childhood, good and bad things, mm-hmm. tenaciously. I mean, even you know, intellectually, you know, maybe we, we know something's wrong later on in our life, but, but that's how we did it when we were kids, and it takes us a long time to sort of let that out of our grip. Well, we can use that also for, for good. Uh, you know, a lot of people say it, it is hard to have kids in church when they're young. I mean, you better be bringing the Cheerios, the crayons, et cetera. But they learn, that oh, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And you're right, um, we, we have talk about this at seminary uh, when we're there and, and you know, kind of being formed as pastors. Uh, a lot of times the things we teach are more caught than they are taught. Uh, the example we set teaches more than the words we say. And so they're already learning truths by what they observe and are experiencing far before, you know, you teach a kid to pray the Lord's Prayer long before they have any idea what those words mean but they grow into that and their knowledge and understanding grow of it and it's 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 a lifelong process even adults Mm -hmm. continue to learn and grow so i agree with you a hundred percent um take your kids to church we say at our churches i we don't care if we hear toys clanging on the floor kids screaming yeah when you're you know it, it, it can get a little on your nerves when you're trying to listen or hear but you know take them out to the lobby calm them down bring them back in we would much rather have our sermons be interrupted three times by a kid crying than to not have the future of the church in our pews because kids are the future of the church.
1: That's huge, don't you think? I mean, that's huge because there's what what I really like about the church that I go to is they do really say that. You'll go to other churches and the children are not there. They're like they're they're literally either they, the parents didn't bring them. Or they're at a children's program, and there's nothing. I have a problem with children's programs. I think they're great, but it seems like people don't want to see their kids anymore that are interrupting people, and so it's just a bunch of adults in there. I love to go to church and see the kids. It doesn't bother me, of course, here in the clanging and the banging. I'm not yeah. up on the pulpit preaching though, but, <laughs> but
5: you know, so I'm sure. Every once in a while, you have a wild Sunday, and you think I don't know if the people heard anything. But it's the habit. It's the habit of gathering together as the body of Christ. Kids are part of the body of Christ. Most parents know when their kids are making too big a racket, you know, they'll, they'll kind of slip them out and, and you know, calm them down. Um, but it's, it's the community we form together. Um, you can't teach virtue uh, alone as a family. You, you can't live a virtuous life in this world alone. You need a community where kids say, well, not only do we believe this, but this person believes it. And that person believes it. And here we all gather together and say the same thing. I mean, think about some of the things conservative churches are teaching and how different that sounds from what our culture teaching, whether we're talking about sexuality issues or gender or marriage. Uh, pretty much any conservative church is going to look fundamentally different from the world right now. Got a question for you, yeah. um,
6: and I apologize. With oh, you're on. Uh, I, Greg makes a really good point on YouTube. He says, "How do I rectify with God my suffering and pain due to long-term illness? Hmm. I try to smile through it, but all my soul is bruised due to illness." And you know, this is one of those things to where. It, A hurt or an illness, a long term situation or a sudden death of a family member or something like that. Or, you know, in my case for a while there, when I was injured from my job, I kind of looked up and said, what's my purpose? I Mm -hmm. I need I need something. And, you know, almost 10 years later, I never expected to be standing next to Lizzie and talking to you Mm -hmm. behind a microphone. Um, you know, it's just it's it's interesting how how life just kind of moves itself. But you know, in a situation like this, yeah. you know, w- when you're struggling with an illness or or, or or pain like this, how 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 would you how would you as a pastor lead somebody into you know um, finding peace? Yeah,
5: well, I appreciate the interruption of me, you know, on a soapbox about vices and virtues. They actually hear a real question from a listener, and so thank you for the courage of asking that. Uh, as a pastor, you get asked this question all the time. It's an age old question. You know, if God is good and he's all-powerful, then why is there suffering and evil in the world? Why do bad things happen? And it really hits home when something bad is happening to me. And, and First of all, what I like to tell people is, uh, you know, no religious system out there uh, has the perfect explanation for, for suffering and evil. They, they all try. Uh, the Christian story is that we're living in a fallen, broken world uh, due to the sin in our lives. It wasn't supposed to be that way, it's that way now, but we're looking forward to a redemption to come again when Christ returns and makes all things new. That's our hope, that's the whole point of believing, going to church, fighting the battle of the soul, is so that on our last breath we die uh, believing in Jesus Christ and his salvation. In the meantime, though, we've still got these struggles in our life. Um, And and the Christian doesn't try to brush those aside. Uh, You hear a common answer, oh, God is working for good through your suffering." And I believe he is. You experienced that when you had a turnaround at some point and, and kind of things get back on track. And oftentimes in hindsight, we can see how a rough period in our life was shaping us, forming us for something later. But in the case of those with long-term illness or terminal pain, uh, things like this, um, that, that answer doesn't always resonate in their ears too well. Uh, the best thing we can say in the face of that is, is Jesus knows our pain. He, he came to this earth and walked with us, breathed our poisoned air, as one hymn says, walked our guilty sod. Um, every experience that we have humanly, Jesus has had. So he does not not understand your pain, and he's ready for you to cry out to him. Sometimes he answers prayers and takes that pain away. Other times uh, we sit and live with it, and it doesn't seem fair. But I will say this. He's not a God far and away. He's a God who entered the muck and mire of this earth, Uh, bled and died for us so that one day things could be better. And that's the hope we hope people can cling to in the midst of suffering. Because again, Satan will use this adversity to try to get us to doubt God's goodness, doubt God's love. The key is to try to hang on to it because the hope... uh, I love this passage in scripture. uh, our present sufferings
6: are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in it. I'm glad you said that because one of the things, you know... Beautiful uh, past. Well, especially with losing my dad uh, yeah. to cancer and everything. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, I, I asked that question, why? And later on, we'll, we'll talk because I, 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 I wore another hat at one point <laughs> in my life. And so um, one of the things that my dad always taught me as bringing me up in the church is... Um, No matter what your sickness, what your pain, what your experience is on Earth, you you won't have pain in heaven. You won't have sadness in heaven. You won't have heaven is a perfect perfect place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So everything you all all the negatives and even the positives that you feel on Earth are flesh. Yeah. Just it's just dirt and water. Yeah, I mean, well, and if, if you, you think, think about,
5: about it, if you, if you look back, you know, if eternity, I mean, how, how do we conceive of eternity forever and ever and ever? After you've been there a million years, there's still millions more to go. Uh, You'll look back on your earthly life, and it's, it can't, won't seem like more than a speck, on, you know, a speck of dust on the scale. A I blink mean, of an eye. But for those who are experiencing hardship now, it's, it's everything. It's everything. And, and, and what we say is, Jesus, Jesus entered into this world to fix that. We don't have the solution to evil yet, but we have a promise of a solution to evil, and that's, that's worth hanging on to in, in the time. It doesn't take the pain and suffering away. It doesn't make it easier for that individual. But then as the body of Christ, as the church, then we suffer alongside people. We remember them in our prayers. We serve them in ways that we can. It gives other people opportunity to exercise their gifts in serving others in love.
1: Well, and what can you say? Somebody on one of our chat lines had a question that, and I agree with everything that you're saying, you know, Pastor Mike, where if you're suffering and you have pain, um, church is where I feel like I want to go because there's a community of believers that you are with. Somebody on the chat line says, how do you reconcile it if, and this question is asked often, when the church, not the church, but the people in the church hurt you? And I'm sure that that's asked a lot. So some people have left church because they feel somebody at church hurt them, or they were mad because they couldn't go to church because people had masks on, or they were mad because the pastor said something they didn't like. How can you address that?
5: Well, I'll address it two ways. One is going to sound kind of harsh, so I pray the listener will hang on for the second answer. The one is, um, you know, picture yourself, fictional scenario here, but to make a point, yeah, on Judgment Day, Jesus says, why didn't you come worship me on earth? Well, because that person made me mad. It's like, oh, okay, you let one person's hurt. You know, get in the way of worshiping the Almighty God who gave you life and breath and being and died for your sins. That's not going to hold water. I guess know? the question mm-hmm. would
6: be, yeah, who are you going to church for? Yeah. Right. Jesus yeah. or Joe Blow? No, there
5: are exactly. times when people do things that are wrong and, and hurt others. In mm-hmm. that case, uh, you try to seek reconciliation. That's the Christian thing to do. But mm-hmm. say that other person's stubborn and they, and they won't reconcile you. Maybe there is a time when you say, okay, I've tried uh, maybe this body of Christ for me right now is not the place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other congregations. But here's the thing about jumping congregations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grass isn't green around the other side. Churches are full of sinners. And it shouldn't surprise us when pastors sin, when church members sin, when people say mer- hurt, meanful and hurtful things to us. Um, it doesn't excuse those things, but it's this is the world. And the church is not some sacrosanct place set mm-hmm. apart from the world. It's It's we're there because we're sinners and need forgiveness. And so I think just a more realistic view of um, people in churches are not going to act, unfortunately, often that different from the world. They're not perfect. They're just forgiven. And so you kind of got to see the bigger picture of things and realize that if we let other people's petty sins get in the way of our relationship with God, we're we're sort of allowing that. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, again, every situation is different. Minor annoyances I would treat far different than you know, grave <laughs> sin done to somebody. And again, there is sometimes a case for sort of shaking your dust off your boots and saying, all right, because of what's happened here, I can't worship it with a pure heart. I, I need to go somewhere else. But again, be aware, because wherever you move, give it enough time, and you'll see the ugly side of that, mm-hmm. congregation or church as well. And so just staying the course and being faithful.
1: And, the, and there was another question that today when we go to churches— Churches don't look like what they used to look like, maybe when we were kids. I Mm -hmm. I would say that's different in the church that we go to. It's 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 stayed the same. It's Mm -hmm. it's scripturally sound and it stayed the same. So I'm not talking about Zion. Mm -hmm. But there's often other churches that people go to that what they're preaching on the pulpit Mm -hmm. isn't scripture. They're 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 preaching either social justice or they're preaching just their opinion, or they're preaching only music, say from Joy FM. And don't get me wrong, I Mm like joy fm music but it's become more of a show than really getting to people's souls my question about that is did something happen in the seminaries to change (laughs) this how why where did that change was it our culture or was it the seminaries well
5: i I think it's important to recognize that what church looks like and the kind of music is going to look different in many places and around the world correct and there's no one right formula um there are churches who are more contemporary of nature who are going to connect with people that a more conservative church just can't. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to translate the message to meet the people where they're at. That being said, the more the church reflects the world, the harder it is for that church to distinguish itself from the world. And so if your church looks like a rock concert, it's going to be hard for kids being formed in that context to distinguish between that and uh, you know Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. Uh, doesn't mean it's wrong. It just Mm -hmm. means it may be harder to form Uh, maybe you go into a catholic church or an eastern orthodox church and it still looks really liturgical and chanting and there's a lot of mystery there Um, some people would be lost in that environment but there's also something sacred about that that people grow into and learn Um, it shouldn't be easy from the start so i'm not here to uh, advocate for one style over the other but to your second point what's being preached i don't care what the music is or what Mm -hmm. the building Mm -hmm. looks like or the liturgy Um, How you will recognize the true church from the false church is the true church, what's coming out of the mouths of the people there should echo God's word. And yes, we do have a lot of churches that say, you know what, whatever's going on in culture is what we're going to do because it's easier to swim with the stream than swim upstream. Uh, Jesus was pretty clear in Scripture. If you follow me, (laughs) the world's not going to like you. Uh, In America, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, leave it to beaver days, uh, a lot of what society was saying did reflect what the church was saying. Uh, we're a far cry from that today, and so it takes it takes a lot of courage to be a Christian, and a lot of resolve. And again, I think that's why you got to do it in community and not alone.
6: It seems yeah. like a lot of, and I'm going to throw this mega church thing out there because mm-hmm. the the Joel Osteen's, the uh, yeah. the one the T, I call them the TV pastors. Yeah. Um. it it, it, it seems like it's all about getting the butt in the seat. And getting the money out of the pocket. Sure. Um, and, 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 you know, it, to Lizzie's question, it's, you know, w- different churches, uh, I, you know, I, I am a non-denominational Pentecostal type mm-hmm. uh, of church. So my my church and the way I, I was raised is going to look completely different than... You know, we we as we on the Pentecostal side right. always used to call the Lutherans the the Bud Light of Catholics. <laughs> yeah, right, Catholic, Catholic, light. Catholic yeah. light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. and, and it wasn't like it wasn't like a jab at you. It was just how to explain. You know, the the Lutherans are like. The
1: Lutherans can take that. I'm, oh, yeah. well, I'm a former Catholic, and now <laughs> I'm a Catholic Light no. Lutheran. <laughs> 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 but,
6: yeah. But, you know, in that situation, the, these mega churches, these, these TV pastors, it's, you know, even I, I think it was Joel Osteen, he, it's almost like he doesn't preach the word. It's he preaches the prosperity. It's like not everybody can be rich. (laughs) There's a
5: name for that, and you you hit on it. Um, uh, I guess in our circles we would refer to some of that as the prosperity gospel. Now, even Joel Osteen can have a good day or two, right? Right. Even he, as he preaches on Scripture, can stumble across truth. And, you know, we hate to throw stones at everything, but we will will criticize where parts of that message may not um, go with God's word. One of the biggest problems with the prosperity gospel is it says this, you follow Jesus with your life, everything's going to click everything's going to go good. God's going to bless you. It doesn't work that well, way. Well, look what we just had on a comment on the station. Here I am talking about church. Someone's been away from church. Maybe they're a little mad at God about their situation. And uh, they would think, maybe there's something wrong with my faith. That's why I'm experiencing this suffering. You know. Well, no, experiencing suffering is, is because we're living in a fallen world here. And uh, so we don't guilt. You know, we don't measure people's success on how strong their faith is. In fact, as I said earlier, the stronger your faith is, the more you might feel attacked by Satan because now you're working in force for the kingdom of God, and he's going to come after you harder. So we always joke, you know, the, the, the Joel Osteens of the world's bumper sticker might be, come follow Jesus and your life will go great. And, and maybe Lutherans would say, our bumper sticker would say, uh, you know, come follow Jesus and your
6: life will probably get worse. <laughs>
1: Right, or if <laughs> it was my bumper sticker, right. is, Do you
6: follow Jesus as close as you're following me. Yeah,
1: there, there you, go. Go. There there you go. go. There you go. go. There you go. go. There you go. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and I think there's a lot of people that I know that listen to Joy FM, and then will go listen to Joe Olstein and stuff. And I and I'm really cautious as to to. I like how Pastor Mike talked about that because sometimes he does come out with some good little quips. I think he's a great motivational speaker, and if somebody comes to Christ through him, they'll want to get more later anyway. Sure. That might have brought him to Christ, but then after that, they can see it's just more motivation than than right. Scripture, and they'll change. They'll change. Well, and the other thing difference.
5: is, is it just moral exhortation? Now, this book I wrote, Battle of the Soul, this is a lot of moral exhortation, teaching people right from wrong and how to live. Um, but the main message of Christianity is Jesus died for our sins and risen again. And if you listen to some of the prosperity gospel preachers, it is a lot more about just living good thinking, positive thinking, um, there's not a lot of Christ crucified. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of talk about sin. Um, and if you don't talk a lot about sin, you, you start to lose sight that you need a savior from that sin. You sort of lose sight of the fact that, well, I, I'm not in this to have my best life now, to quote one of his books. I'm in this to have my best life someday in a better world that's far gonna exceed my
6: best day here. But, so. but to get to that point, you have to live your try to live your best life now.
5: Well, you do live your best yes. life, but, no, no, but no, life I, is not I, always going to go No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's
6: not, it's not going to go the way you want it. Right, right. But, right. You, know, yeah. you know, get up every day and, and, and you know, it, it sounds stupid, but yeah. get up every day and just, hey, Lord, thank you for the day. Thank mm-hmm. you for right. allowing me to stand up, take the breath of life for the day, oh, yeah. because every day is not promised to us. Yeah. But from there, you try to take every step of your day in the best manner you can, oh, that would absolutely. be pleasing to yeah. Yeah, yeah Jesus. I got a
5: friend, uh, Dennis, out in uh, New York, and uh, he he just suffered through uh, leukemia, blood blood leukemia, inher- like hereditary, had to have stem cell transplant, all this stuff. He's just been through heck and back. And uh, uh, but Dennis's motto, I've been stealing it a lot lately. And he says, "Go find the next right thing to do and do it. You know, do the next right thing." And man, if you chunk off life like that, like okay what's the next good thing that needs to be done, and I take responsibility for it and I go do it. I think I think Jesus would give a thumbs up to that attitude towards life. You know, Don't worry about 10 years from now or 10 days from now. You're called to live for today, and whoever God places in your path, whatever duties have been laid before you, you're going to screw a fair part of it up. You repent of that at night, you go to bed, you sleep forgiven, you wake up and do it again.
1: Absolutely. Well, Pastor Mike, where can we find your book?
5: Well, uh, good old Amazon.com is selling it with free shipping for those with Prime memberships. So I I think that's probably the most efficient way to go. Um, But Concordia Publishing House will also sell it. And uh, uh, again, I think if you buy enough there, you can get some free shipping. They don't have quite the buying power. But if you want to support a local smaller publishing house and not old big Amazon, you can go to cph.org. Um, and then eventually uh, we'll probably find some used copies you know, on the discount rack on uh, any number of sites on eBay If people who read it and say, eh, it didn't, this didn't help me that much, I'll sell it for 50 cents. So if you want to hold out. But no, I'd encourage you to check it out uh, if you think it could help you in your walk with Christ and your walk as a Christian. Or maybe you're not a Christian, but you just think, hey, I struggle with things in my life that seem to dominate me, how can I get a better hold on them? And, and I guess my hope for this book was would be that uh, you live more consistently in God's will and, and maybe even consider the Christian faith if, if you're not in it.
6: So. For those readers that don't use the actual real book, do you have it on a um, uh, digital copy also? Uh,
5: it is available for a Kindle download, okay. so there's an a electronic version of it. I don't think that uh, our publishing house has the kind of uh, connections to do like Audible or anything like well, let's that. Let's say you should,
6: uh, you should aud- <laughs> audio your book, too, in your own uh, voice. This voice, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a
5: not a voice, voice made for radio, I don't think. <laughs> so. And people
6: have said, I don't have a face for TV. Yeah, so. All right. Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. There you go. You go. Well, my book already is coming November the first. It's yeah. sitting in my Amazon cart. Just well, out. thanks,
5: uh, Lizzie, for a lot, you know. More importantly, to plug the book, I'm 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 thankful for the questions that came in. Oftentimes, when people find out oh you're a pastor, all of a sudden there's some deep spiritual question that's been welling up inside, and and mm-hmm. they'll seize an opportunity to ask it, and that's just part of the gig. I used to shy away from it, but now I'm, I'm fortunate for that because it allows us to kind of speak truth in the midst of the chaos and confusion of our lives, and I, I hope some of it's helpful. And
6: remember one thing, folks out there, you, you, yeah, whatever church you go to, yeah. a pastor is as, just as human as we are. Thank you. They have, yes.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I've seen Pastor <laughs> say, Mike, there's you, nobody you, louder you, in the stands when you, his children well, are Well, listen,
6: you know,
5: Lizzie's building me up here, he's competitive, and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. she's heard me yell at football games I have, before, I have. So. He, he's <laughs> the
1: loudest one in the stands. So That's if it. you want to come and see... See a pastor Don't that's punt. real and normal, come that's and it. see Pastor Mike. That's right. that's why my husband and I like him. Every so pastor so if real. you
6: Cut them, they bleed red. Oh, yeah, he, you. If you yeah, hurt them, bleeds. they're going to cry. Yeah. And if you annoy them enough, they're going to fight back.
5: Yes, and even yes. get angry. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> so, we all do. We all, all right.
1: do. Well, thank you very much, pastor, you Mike. pastor Mike. I thank I appreciate you so much. It. Good to meet you all. I appreciate. Thank it. You. We'll have to have you back because that's something that's lacking in society: is this kind of discussion.
5: Yeah, maybe we could once or twice a year just do an open question.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Just yeah. an open Questions question. Questions
5: people have about faith or God or religion, anything like that.
1: That so, would be great. We would love it. Well, well thank you. Right. you so much. Thank I you. appreciate it. I'll see you on Sunday. Well, right. maybe even before that at maybe. school. <laughs> yeah.
6: All right. Take care, y'all. Bye. Thank you. Hey, Lizzie. Um, great segment. Um, you know, I know that uh, they always tell you don't talk about church and politics and all the rest of that. But you know what? we talk about all of it.
1: We do. We do talk about all of it. And, and at our church, they don't really get political up on the pulpit. They're not up there saying, I'm a Trump supporter or DeSantis or Biden or anything. But but you probably heard from what he was saying. They preach real scripture. And real scripture, whether you like it or not, is a conservative thing. And we do have a conservative church. And you can say that is conservative in politics, or you can say conservative in their worship, or you can say conservative in how you want to say it, but it's lacking in this world. I was, I was really wanted Pastor Mike on because it's, it's this, all this is lacking in the world, and that's the problem that we're in today. Is people are afraid to talk about religion, Jesus. Or even if you're Jewish, you know, like people are afraid to talk about, you know, going to the temple or wherever you're going because it's gotten scary. I thought we were doing better. I I thought, you know, 10 years ago we had come out of our closet, so to speak, and started talking about religion and politics because they could see that our our lack of doing that was causing a great disservice to our country. Once we, you know, reared our ugly little heads and started talking about it, they want to whack-a-mole our heads again and put us in the hooskow and get us to shut up.
6: Well, I mean that's that's kind of the MO is, you know, when when something is is said and I you know, and I'm going to say it out loud, you know, when the truth is being told, they don't want to listen.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: Until that point in time to where you know, they're either going to have to listen because there will become a day, you know, and and believe me folks, I I struggle with it. I struggle every day. Every day I struggle because um, you know, I don't feel that I'm doing the best like pastor mike said look for that next best thing to do Mm -hmm. and sometimes i don't see i don't see life through the my lenses are a little foggy sometimes
1: i think most people's lenses are foggy i think that's normal it
6: is it's a normal human thing but at the when you take your last breath there will be one day and it says in the bible every knee shall bow every tongue will confess that jesus is lord and we all will be judged
1: we will be judged. People don't think that. Yeah. They're like, stop you, judging. me. You,
6: you, you think it's bad now judging mm-hmm. on this earth. Mm-hmm. There will be a day to where there is one last judgment, and there is no other. You know, you, there's nothing you can do after that final judgment, and so it, it's it's just how it is. But I do agree with you. At no point in time, you know, I don't. When I I'm I'm going to go for, out of the church for a minute. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to when I go to a concert. I don't want to hear the political view of the, of the singer or whatever. Me if I go to a, a hockey game or a baseball game, I'm there for what I paid the ticket for. So when I show up for church, I don't expect or want to hear the preacher talk about their political views. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus bringing the, the people to the Lord, and it's about the scriptures, so, right. I, I agree with you 100%. Yes, you're going to get that influence of, correct, of correct. conservatism or liberalism or whatever. And we have kind of bastardized the fact that we have to throw church and state together, especially when our constitution actually separates church and state.
1: Correct. So, correct.
6: you know, bringing them together, it, it's, I don't know, yeah. it, it's human. Yeah. And you, you know, uh, birds of a feather flock together. Correct. Correct. So, you know, uh, if you're conservative in your thinking and everything, you're going to find a church that is conservative, like-minded.
1: Correct. Yeah. I mean, you you want to find your flock. Yes. Who you want to hang with. Pretty much. And and that is something. And I thought it was absolutely the most obvious during the the pandemic. And I'm not talking about whether you wore a mask or not. That's not what I'm saying. It was when you went home. And you saw what your kids were learning. You saw what your church were saying. You kind of saw the true colors of people. So you kind of learned: was this a political thing, or is this really about Jesus? And I and and this could be a political thing too. Somebody's, I believe it's uh, Troy, is asking on the chat line something that, that I did not see when the pastor was here. Was I'm not sure how, how this is political, or if it's just an opinion, or or what it is. But he was asking: does my pastor smoke weed, or does he believe in in Smoking weed? I have no idea. Just to answer that, I, I have no idea. But, you know, I'm going to get his book November the 1st and I can ask him. I, I see him quite often. Say, hey, Mike, do you, you know, you can, when you see him in person, you can say, hey, Mike, you don't have to call him doctor or pastor. You can say, hey, yeah, Mike. Don't, and don't try
6: his last name because you might, it's butcher Fiebercorn. It.
1: <laughs> his name is Mike Fiebercorn and his family is lovely. His wife Angela is lovely. He's got three great kids. His son was on the prom court. I mean, th- this, this is one. You know, I hate to say this word when it's about a pastor, but this is one badass family. But I don't know if he, I mean, I have to chuckle because I think he'd laugh if he was here. Does he smoke weed? I don't know. I would probably say no. I would no. say no because of his book. His book was talking about vices. And I don't know if weed is considered a vice, I'm guessing. I mean, I've never done it myself, but now I'm going to ask him. Now I'm going to say, hey. Well,
2: it, it depends on if you think about Metformin as a vice. I Ma- mean,
6: it's technically, if you look at it, Joe, any type of, um,
1: Anything a heavy
2: that prescription that you could be addicted would be a vice. Yeah, a vice. I porn mean, is a vice. As I say, it, it doesn't. Yeah, have, I was gonna say, it yeah. doesn't have to be a heavy prescription. It can be. Uh, a, yeah. A water pill. Yeah. You know. I mean, Yeah. Some, something that you you if it's something that your body needs. I mean, it, that's that's what I don't. Cra- crave. If your body needs or well. I correct. Mean, correct. But maybe I mean, that's it, maybe maybe what... it's not a crave because I know that well I don't know it,
1: it doesn't because it, 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 well, I know that I don't
2: crave metformin. And What's metformin? What, sure.
1: What's metformin? I'm like totally. It's I, I'm
2: I'm type two diabetic.
1: Oh oh, got it. Okay, it's a I do know what that medicine. is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Well, yeah, that's not a vice. I mean, that's something you have to have.
2: However, one could say the same about marijuana. I would not be able to function on the same level without it. True. Right,
6: and that's so. and that's true. And in and, and here and here is what uh, uh, I guess I would say to that one is the fact that each individual you shouldn't you shouldn't go to another person. Yeah, to ask them the question: Is this correct? Is this right?
1: Yeah, I get why people ask pastors, though. I, I mean, I know that they're just human, but they're you know they're supposed to be. Maybe I'm putting too much pressure on pastors. They're supposed to be the example, and I do know that they're held to a higher standard. And I don't know if you smoked pot, that that means that you are not at a higher standard. I really don't. I mean, I don't. But that but that actually intrigues me. So I'm going to ask him when I see him. That's I'm going to say, "Do you smoke pot, Pastor Mike?" <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming he doesn't. I've never smelt it. I, 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 I'm assuming he doesn't, but. There you go.
6: But you know, like you said, everyone holds a, a minister or a pastor up at a higher standard. Uh, you know what?
1: They used to hold teachers they, to a they higher did. standard too. I, I, and now teachers, you know what? Darren who is one of our listeners and we've touched on it a couple times, he's been sending me pictures of this Hazelwood counselor that she's on a for-only's page and like sticks her butt up in the air and all that kind of stuff. And so Oh, only fans probably. Yeah, yeah, okay. well, yeah, one over the bar. But yet car. that so,
6: somebody else in a different school district can get fired for that. And
1: I can definitely tell you you in the lutheran school system if you did that you would be let go because there is a biblical you know example of how you're supposed to so i can't imagine that somebody in you know religion 101 there at zion lutheran could be on that fan page and still keep their job just just saying just saying i don't know
6: i can i can i can i turn one on you guys because when i was out there listening this morning when you guys were talking about the uh the shootings and the rest yeah I, i i joe do you have that video by chance um, it, it I, I came across this video it's John Rich uh, we all know John Rich from big and Rich um, but it's John Rich talking about uh, he was at a party in Beverly Hills and Nancy Pelosi was there and I, I found it very interesting oh, because wow. uh, you know he he even says when you watch the video he goes I felt kind of completely out of place so if, Joe if you if you hit this one real quick uh, I just thought it was really interesting when it comes to thoughts of the conservative versus liberal thinking on guns. So I
3: have a story about Nancy Pelosi asking me about guns in a backyard uh, in Beverly Hills. Really? I'd like to hear it. Absolutely. I know, right? That got, Even that, your attention. Yeah. Let's hear it. So I'm back there. I got invited to sing at Tony Bennett's 85th birthday Ooh. party. And I'm in the backyard of Ted Sarandos, the founder of Netflix. I'm in his backyard. There's John Travolta. Queen Latifah and I are bringing out the birthday cake. I mean, you you can't make this up. (laughs) I'm looking around this backyard going, I'm not supposed to be here, so I'm just going to have some fun. You know, like, no, one of these things is not like the other. So Mm -hmm. I'm back there and I'm hanging out and and I see Nancy Pelosi over there starts making a beeline towards me. Mm. And I'll be honest, it was frightening. (laughs) I bet it was frightening. (laughs) (laughs) She's coming and she walks right up to me. She doesn't say hello. She goes, you seem like a reasonable person. Uh she's probably never met for him. a guy in a cowboy uh-huh. hat and a handlebar mustache cuz otherwise reasonable. you wouldn't be at this backyard, right? You must be a reasonable. You seem like a reasonable person." I said, "Well, I appreciate that, Madam Speaker." She goes, "Can I ask you a question about guns?" Uh-oh. I said, "Absolutely." Oh yeah. So Vince Vaughn is standing there and Vince leans in, travolta has got his arms <laughs> crossed, he's it's leaning great, in. Yeah. Everybody's leaning in. And uh, uh Pelosi goes, "Now I'm not a hunter, but I'm pretty sure that if I shot that first bullet at whatever I was hunting and I didn't hit it it would run away I go that's correct she goes so why does anybody need more than seven rounds is what she said why does anybody need more than seven rounds in their gun and I held up my cell phone I said well madam speaker right now back in Nashville Tennessee I have a wife and I got a three-year-old son and a five-year-old son and we live right in the middle of town I said now if she called my phone right now and said john i hear footsteps coming up the stairs i said madam speaker would you advise me to tell my wife to grab the one with seven rounds or the one with 30 rounds and her eyes kind of got big and she said is that the way you look at that
1: i said yes
3: ma'am she goes well, it was nice to meet you, and then just walked off. But for a brief moment, this light bulb pops. I believe, First of all, they know that anyway. That's why they all have armed guards. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I was able to, dead in her eye one time, say, it's to protect our families. Of course, we don't 30 rounds to hunt a deer, and there's nothing in the Second Amendment about hunting. It's How all many? about defense. Good for me.
1: That was really good. Uh, it, that was really good. This is my dad,
2: Chuck Norris. That's
6: Chuck Norris. They say he doesn't do push-ups. <laughs> he pushes... It.
1: His dad is Chuck Norris. <laughs> <Rick. laughs> no, um, oh, I was not like, okay, Chuck. well, I no. that was boy, it that it was got whatever him.
6: was on the net, but it was perfect. You know, my dad Chuck Norris is the one that could. You know, you don't yeah. want to be, but yeah, I th- I found that really interesting is when you guys were talking about, you know, we we kind of give clout to the these shooters.
1: We do, uh, we do. And, and
6: that's you know, it, mm-hmm. yes, you want to talk about it uh, because it's news. But have you? I, I I've always thought that maybe these people not only have issues on top of that Mm -hmm. but are they trying to find clout in what they're doing do that are they seeking attention so much of course that they have to do something on a grand scale yeah to get that attention and 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 the the media i mean just eats it up and the fact that you know it's they they always say say uh uh, say their name say their name blah 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 Mm -hmm. well people like this don't say their name don't give them that clout and the fact that you know I know, I know, Speaker Pelosi should not be that obtuse to understand that, you know, first of all, she mm-hmm. can, she showed her hand because I am a hunter and I don't even have seven rounds in my own gun. It's a, Correct. it's, it may be four at the most, yeah. um, depending on uh, what type of magazine that are in in those types of guns. But a traditional 30 six or a 308 or stuff like that only has a capacity to hold like four. Hmm. And, you know, I will disagree that uh, I've shot at a deer before, and it basically just kind of stand there and laughed at me. It, it felt like, yeah, uh, it didn't move,
1: didn't even move. And
6: the fact that you know, you got a second chance, yeah. But you know, it's it's the stupidity of uh, of the fact of thinking that oh well you know we just got to ban guns and and all the rest because the guns are bad. Well, folks, it's it's not the gun; uh, it's the person buying the gun. Correct. That's that's reality. Yeah. And you know. Last time I checked, my my firearms at my house uh, that have disappeared a long time ago
1: they disappeared. Yeah, you don't have any... In a boat to, accident, yeah. While you were doing your crack cocaine. It, yeah, yeah. Definitely...
6: I, I didn't realize I did all that stuff. Yeah, but, you know.
1: but well, Vic says you did, so of <laughs> course it has to be true. Of yeah. course it has well, to be true. for
6: those of you who are on Facebook, it's now a Facebook official, so if it's on Facebook, it must be it real. It must be true. Everything be
1: on Facebook is real. Everything. But you know what? It's, it's about getting real. I think people, you know, besides the fact that you do crack cocaine and you got rid of all your guns and now you you drink Bush, Bush Light and you're a liberal...
6: But, <laughs> I'm not a liberal. No.
1: Okay, so all the rest you, is true. You can put but... all
6: the rest on the me all day long. Yeah, I'm not. A liberal. But you're not a liberal. Not a
1: liberal. Okay. Well, could you tell our listeners what did you do in your former life, and why do I want to talk about it in October? <laughs>
6: well, you want to talk about it in October because it's the spooky and the ghouls and all the rest. Of that. Yes, and death yes. is death is macabre. Um, but uh, for those uh, listeners out there who do not. Uh, Sorry, gang, but I have a T-shirt. idea for to cancel this T-shirt. I actually am working on that one, Greg. Um, the uh, Psalms 1098. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am working on that one. Uh, but back to what Lizzie was saying. Um, back in the day, uh, for those of you who don't know, I am a card-carrying licensed funeral director in the state of Missouri. Uh, so I guess if you want to say that is I've seen dead people. They did not know they were dead.
1: No, wait, you said that to me yesterday. yes. That you've seen dead people. I've seen dead people. And they didn't know they were dead? Nope. What do you mean by that?
6: They don't know they're dead.
1: Okay, so like you die, and you're, so you're talking about in the morgue?
6: Uh, I've been, well, I, I spent eight and a half years in a local funeral home here, so. Okay, so uh, if you
1: see, okay, if they're dead, if this person's dead, but they don't know they're dead, how do you know that they don't know that they're dead? Because they didn't tell me. Oh, for God's sakes! You set me up for that, but I'm bummed. <laughs>
6: Thank you. I'll be here all weeks. Oh my god. Tip gosh. your waitresses and your bartenders. Uh, no, um, <laughs> people have a fascination to a point with death. Um, I experienced it in uh, almost 16 years of my career before I, I, I was injured in a, uh, a weird accident. Um, but I uh, started at the age of like 19, uh, so back early 2000. Um, it was just one of those things to where I kind of fell into a part-time job, you know, just washing cars. And then it evolved into, uh, putting the suit on and, and, uh, um, you know, getting my funeral director's license because, you know, I, I, I'm the type that, um, I have a, a passion to help people. Um, even dead people. I I mean, well, and, and you know what there, uh, some of the, some of the men and women that I've worked with, um, you know, you, you go to a funeral and you see I I always find it so interesting that uh here's another one of those isms, is when they when when they go up to the, the, the casket to see their loved one, you hear people say, Well, you know, grandma grandma looks great. Hey folks, grandma, grandma looks, looks dead. Great. Yeah, like, <laughs> like mean, grandma looks she's great. dead. She don't I- look great. But the 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 embalmers and the, the the makeup artists and the hair they they do such a phenomenal job um, to make the your their lo-
1: makeup to do no, to make makeup. your
6: well to make your loved one appear that they're resting because right. um, you right. know a, a, a visitation or a funeral is not for the dead it's for those You're living right. That's and exactly and right. it's that closure uh, that that. Nothing's more scary than a morgue. Oh, uh, Greg, I, I will tell you this. Um, uh, I'm glad you said that. When I first started working at the... Well,
1: f- we'll say what said. <laughs> so say
6: Greg said. said, nothing more scary than a body sitting up in a morgue. I was sitting there putting in fire suppression systems, and a man sat up, and I never went back to that job site. It's funny you say that, because mm-hmm. um, what people don't realize or understand is there is still... Um, Muscle, uh, muscle contracting that could happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I remember when I first started uh, working uh, in the industry, uh, one, of my, one of my main things that we had to do was uh, body removals. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, and you know, it, it's when people always, people always think, oh, people always die in the hospital or die in, in, in uh, they go to the morgue or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you know, no, I mean, if somebody passes at home um, we, we go to the home where they pass and yeah. they, and, and, and we uh, respectfully retrieve them and, and bring them back to the funeral home. But um, I was by myself uh, removing a uh, uh, remains and uh, we have these cots um, that, uh, you know, just like a gurney and it has seatbelts on it. So you strap them in just like you would in a car. You, you put your seatbelt on. Well, apparently I didn't clip the seatbelt all the way and i'm driving down the road and all of a sudden oh, no. boom yeah yeah that that sit up uh-huh Are you,
1: you, okay oh. so say that again so yeah you're yeah. driving down the i'm road, driving down somebody's the road. in a casket
6: no, no 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 not a casket a a a, 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 a gurney so oh, like uh you did
1: say that so like
6: like like oh. like what they uh same same situation like you would have in the back of an ambulance and um yeah did you see
1: your pants oh, uh, like, like, i had I had, like, to pull,
6: I had to pull over uh, i would think it, so that they're it,
1: laying there and then they just sit up but, and they're dead and i would oh my well it,
6: it wasn't just like in you know you know just s- jumped right up kind of like you know yeah. jolting out of bed it was and and i think somebody said uh, the the worst uh, you, you, there's there's so gases in there's gases body. and 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 still maybe uh you know not air in their lungs, but you know, there's there's there's, there's something.
1: Yeah. So where some people call it energy, yeah. People call it gas. So
6: you know, you might hear a little groan, mm-hmm. and, and all that is mm-hmm. is just air passing over a, uh, a vocal cord or anything. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking. I was probably. 6 months into starting my career wow. and you want to talk about a uh a heart-stopping moment mm-hmm. uh had to pull over to the uh, side of the road take a couple deep breaths and walk back there and made sure that the uh the the buckle on that thing was was latched and uh I got back to the back to the funeral home and I was talking with one of my other uh colleagues that has been in the funeral home forever uh mm. he was you know uh, an OG guy and um and I said, I said, you're not gonna believe this, you know, c- thinking that this is this has never happened to anybody else. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. This happened and this the the the, the, the body's just sat up and groaned. He goes, first time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, first time this happens? Yeah, he's like, he so goes, This happens all the time. He goes, Yeah, he goes, happens all the time. He goes, it's it's not like a normal thing. He goes, but yeah, like you're gonna hear happen. you're gonna hear things. And he goes, It's not your mind. It yeah. is actually happening. So it was it was one of those things where, you know. If I could sit back and write a book on the weird things that I've experienced in these short 16 years, yeah. uh, mind you, uh, half of my time was working in the, the funeral home. The other half was working in a cemetery. But, you know, uh, the stories are more of the, the, the people that you see and not the dead um you know for instance i re- the
1: morning people the people that are yeah morning. yeah yeah, the, yeah, the,
6: yeah. The, the, the the living the yeah. you know so you know i i'm a i'm a people watcher uh so when yeah. my when my dad was alive we used to love going to the mall people sit right there in the spot. middle of it and, and just you know we played a game that was called you know tell their story
4: yeah. and so
6: he and i would just sit there and tell the story of what you know what we think's going on well uh i, I recall at one point Back in the day, there was a uh, a gentleman, I believe he was, um, his life was taken uh, by someone else over money or something. I I, I don't recall the exact story mm-hmm. on how this gentleman uh, went to pass, but, you know, his wife uh, put him in this wonderful, beautiful casket and and mm. uh, laid him out in a tuxedo.
1: A tuxedo? A, tuxedo. Tuxedo? a bow tie? A bow tie, you know, the okay. black tie, okay. the whole yeah.
6: nine yards, and... Uh, I, I I overheard some of the people at his visitation and somebody said something about, Oh, you know, so and so, he looks so amazing in that tuxedo. And as soon as they said that, I heard somebody else say, Yeah, his wife rented that and it's not going back.
1: Seriously. <laughs> swear like to God. it was just for laying there and then they were
6: Oh no, 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 no. She buried him in it. Oh. So like went and rented a tuxedo. Yes, and buried him in
1: it. And buried him in it. Yeah. Okay. So I I, guess the tuxedo rental place. C- get could you ahead. imagine
6: being the tuxedo rental place going? Uh, excuse me, ma'am. We uh, we we'd like you to return the uh, tuxedo.
1: And you have to. see well, like, how oh, you can go out to no, yeah, it's a, it's up. over
6: there in, uh, in 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 section four uh, oh, grave whatever. You know, and I'm.
1: Could you imagine? Oh
6: yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, that is crazy. Some,
6: some of the some of the fun things and and you know it's 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 humorous because sometimes you have to you have to look at death as in in a lens of, you know, This is going to happen to all of us.
1: Well, I I remember, you know, my dad died young. He was only 49. And he didn't look like himself in the casket. I mean, he didn't really look that way. But I remember there was lots and lots of people there. Because when somebody, you know, is young, dies, there's just a lot of people there. And so my mom and I were standing up next to the casket. And all of a sudden, you know how you lay and your hands are like this when, you know, in the casket. I mean, that sounds morbid. And my dad's hand rose. And so, like, literally just... Just kind of raised up a little bit? Just one hand hand just raised up. And, of course, my mom was just falling all out, and and God love her, and crying and all this. And and it was like and what you were saying people say. So I went to go and get somebody to deal with this because now his hand had come apart, and his hand looked different on the bottom. And so my mom was all upset and all that. And... My mom got so upset because then they came back and literally right in front of her goes, okay, don't anybody look, but we got to glue his hand back down. And when somebody dies that young that quick and you're my mom's like, I never thought I was going to have to deal with my husband's hand being glued back down. It was just, I, I will never forget that as long as I live. You know what? I really like talking to Pastor Mike more than talking about uh, it. You, know, you. You know, you
6: asked for it. But <laughs> I did, because I,
1: I didn't know that that's what you had done. It's
6: like it's like Chris said. He goes, this is a job where you always wear your brown pants.
1: <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet correct. you do always wear your brown pants. You always wear, you your,
6: always brown wear your brown pants because yes, you never know what's going on. Yes, But, you yes. know, it, the, 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 the great things about working in the funeral industry was the fact that you're seeing people at their worst. Yeah. Uh, oh you, yeah, it's
1: the, the very yeah. worst you could possibly be. You, you, yeah, and, yes. and, and the
6: fact that you know, uh, it's it's one of those things where we're, we're all going to experience this. We're all going to experience death, but we're all going to experience the 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 process of going through Correct. someone else's death. Yeah, and and sometimes you just have to look at the lighter side of things.
1: I would imagine you, you would know. have to, or how could you do that job every well, day? Well, my I
6: mean. love for Bush Light definitely. Well, you there know. you go. Do you I, start
1: drinking Bush Light more no. at the end of the day to just get through the day? Man, I, that talk about a vice.
6: Uh, no, not really. It was just you know I was in my twenties and yeah. had nothing to really hold me down. So it was you know after work you go
1: you just go you'd go yeah. get
6: some beers and play, uh, play a play a video game and everything, but. Uh, the, the, the funeral home it was, it was just it was interesting um, you know they always talk about uh, you know when I worked at the cemetery you know they yeah. always talk about oh is the graveyard haunted oh no
1: yeah, I don't know. Well, have, and speaking I of a graveyard haunted, no tomorrow is free-for-all Friday. Uh. And in our 8 o'clock hour, one of our listeners, and she's an awesome patriot, she really is, and we'll hear her story a little bit too, but she knows about a haunted rectory. And if anybody who doesn't know what a rectory is, it's where priests live that are affiliated with the Catholic Church next door, right hidden here in historic Downtown St. Charles in Missouri. So she's going to be in the first hour. And, you know, with it being free for all Friday, it's going to be kind of crazy. I mean, Vic will be back tomorrow. Eric will be in studio. Uh, Terry O'Neill will be here talking about that. Second hour, we're going to have Kelly Mano. And I'm not ah, even going to tell the you. Kelly what, Mano. All right. Yes. Kelly Mano. Always there's, enjoy when she's on. She's going to be great. And she's going to be talking about the KISS concert that was last night. Yes. And that she yes. was there. And she was one of their sponsors. So she's going to be telling us all about that. And there's other things. Things that she's going to be doing, but I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag about what we're talking about with her about See the reference, Halloween,
6: cat.
1: Cat, cat out of the bag. And you'll see even more tomorrow why I mean cat out of the bag. There's a reason why I said that. And so... We probably got to wrap it up because ten- pro- probably management is looking at us and it's like 9:59 and I and Joe Joe's Joe's management, over there going. Joe's management and he's like wrap it up Derek, wrap it up Lizzie. <laughs> so anything else? One last statement before no, we go.
6: I just wanted to thank uh Vic for having me in today. It's always a pleasure uh, yeah, standing I love behind the mic and uh uh you know it, when I come in it's always uh it always makes a hard left turn. It you does. Know, make like a yesterday. Hard left just turn. showed up with beer.
1: Yes, you did. But we like that. We like that. Well, and we thank very much my pastor and the pastor at Zion Lutheran Church in Harvester, Missouri. And if you're interested in his book, you can get it on Amazon.com. And it's called Battle for Your Soul by by Mike. Febercorn and he's got it up right there. And you can also get it at Concordia Publishing because I know a lot of people and, and you know would maybe rather buy it from a clearinghouse instead of Amazon.
6: And one thing before we leave, Lizzie, remember go to the merch page. You can find you a nice shirt like this, mm-hmm. you can find you a nice hat like this, you can find you a nice cup like this. Or I dare you, I dare you, I dare you You're to go dare on today. And get you a cup of coffee. Get you a bag of coffee.
1: Yes. Well, you know what? How about this? If you tomorrow buy a bag of coffee, Derek is going to let us know, and we're going to tell everyone who bought the bag of coffee today, thank you.
6: I'll tell you what. I'll make. I'll make a better deal. Okay. If you uh, the the first ten people that buy a bag of coffee, one bag of coffee, ten people, I will throw in. One of the ten ounce coffee cancel this coffee mugs. I- get out! No, no, no. We're gonna we're going to okay. So the cancel this coffee mugs I believe are twenty five dollars.
5: Okay. We
6: will give you a cancel this coffee mug for ten dollars. If you go, the first ten people that buy a bag of coffee, we will give you a ten ounce cancel this coffee mug for ten dollars. Yeah,
1: that's a good deal. That's a really good deal. So
6: I you actually that. can get your cancel this coffee in your coffee mug.
1: I love it. What, I love it. What
6: a deal! What N- a deal! Next ten people. Next ten next people. Next ten people to get a bag of coffee, you can get a.
1: You might want to put that also on the the outpost page. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Since it's towards the end of next, the show. Next
6: ten people, you get a, you order a bag of coffee, and we will give you a. 10 ounce coffee mug for $10 that so a
1: wonderful that's, that's an
6: incentive to grab some coffee
1: all right okay well you know what Derek
6: hey the, that's fast, the fastest two hours in radio is
1: yep and or podcasting podcasting, yes. and podcasting there might be radio yeah. faster I don't know but as far as podcasting fastest two hours well,
6: thank you all thank you pro Joe thank you Lizzie Sparks for Vic Faust I'm Derek Pratt have a wonderful day